beautiful people, and welcome to our humble abode, the Thunderdome, on this Overreaction Tuesday, January 16, 2024. This sports program starts now. Football is happening in a big way. And whenever we say that Super Wild Card Weekend separated the good from the great, we say that the games were blowouts. Mm-hmm. Five out of the six games were just absolute two-score blowouts that never really had a chance to be great. There was one game that was tight. Shout out to the Detroit Lions. Hell yeah. The Los Angeles Rams yesterday. The Buffalo Bills continue their journey to maybe being the hottest team in the NFL currently as they host the Kansas City Chiefs this upcoming weekend in divisional round. The third time that Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen will play against each other in the playoffs. And then... The dead Philadelphia Eagles lose to Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now the field is set. Who will continue to go on to win a Super Bowl? Which teams are going to have changes? Where will Bill Belichick end up at? Where will Harbaugh end up at? Where will Vrabel end up at? And all the other coaches that are potentially looking for jobs. There's a never-ending supply of conversation around the NFL. Obviously, all eyes are on these four games. Two on Saturday. Two on Sunday. And then we'll move into championship weekend. But we are pumped to chat about all things happening around the football world. The Toxic Table is here at Boston Connor and at Ty Schmidt. couple Lions, little king of the jungle on the chest, Connor. Yeah, not too shabby. We're still looking for him in the NFL. You know, it's also very warm on this shirt, I figure, because it is feels like negative six degrees here. Yeah, try to bring a little warmth nice. into the studio today. You know, kind of brighten up the entire... Well, uh, you certainly did. It's 5,000 degrees <laughs> in this particular yeah. Thunderdown. This has never been an issue for us. Last year, we had the pipes burst because they were frozen, and then they busted. This year, Tim McAfee, you know, he's said that ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. He turned up to 95 degrees. This gray shirt, gray color I don't normally wear. Bum bum dot. Bum dot. Bum dot. There's been a lot of things said about me. Bum a lot dot. of things. I'm bummed out about all yeah. of them. Yeah. Truly. I mean, none of them are true. Rest in peace to Butch. Mm-hmm. Thank you to Amy and Christy, the daughters of Butch Bechtel, for sending me this shirt. It's a perfect shirt for today, especially with what happened to the Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. just yesterday. There was an epic moment that happened after the game yesterday. Obviously, a press conference will take place after a horrific loss where coaches have to stand in there and take the questions, the hard questions, and answer from where they see at that exact moment. Nick Sirianni had to chat about his future after the Eagles lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mike Tomlin had to talk about his future future whenever uh, you know they lose to the Bills and everybody's been kind of speculating that maybe he'll step down or go somewhere else. Here's Mike Tomlin answering Brooke Pryor's question about his contract situation after the Steelers lose to the Buffalo Bills in convincing fashion yesterday. Anyone? Mike, you have a year left on your contract. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. <coughs> Can we run that one more time? <laughs> How about him looking around? Because anyone, that was the end of this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we talked about the game. We talked about the plays. I assume there were some pointed questions about players. Didn't really get to see the entire press conference, Mm -hmm. to be honest. Because once I saw this clip, I needed to see nothing else. Mm -hmm. Here's Brooke Pryor after, you know, last question, anyone? Anyone? Mike, you have a year left on your contract. Hey. One half of the hammer. Cowboys, Tone Diggs, obviously diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan, have been your entire life. What did that moment tell you? You know what it told me? Hmm. It told me I don't want to answer these questions right now. Yeah. Okay? The boys and I just experienced a devastating loss with the way Mason Rudolph had been playing and the way our run game had been going mm-hmm. and the way our defense, even though T.J. Watt was not on, our record's not good without T.J. Watt. We could have put on a much better performance than we certainly did here to end this particular season. I don't want to talk about my contract right now. I'm devastated. 
What did you take away from that? Yeah, Coach T was bummed out, okay? And in that moment, he didn't want to talk about the future because I don't even know if he knows what the future is because I, I don't know if anybody knows what the future is because there's been rumblings of him walking away and stuff like that. Now the team has come out like Cam Harry would come out and talk like that doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Um, but that's that's probably not the time uh, to ask Coach T that question. If I, if I had, uh, yeah, he's going to have an end of he. Good question, Al Brooks. Yeah, sure, yep. sure. But he always has an end of season press conference too. That's not going to be the last time that they get to talk to Coach T. Um, but yesterday in a whole, you know, there was a couple plays. Uh, the Pickens fumble, which they immediately scored the next play on a seam route to Kincaid, and then the pick in the end zone, uh, which was. You know, just unfortunate, and that's 14 points right there. Other than that, I thought the boys played hard. You know, it was, uh, yeah, that was just, like, you score there 14-7. They, they cut it to 24-17 in the fourth quarter, but Josh Allen was just kind of too much, and that was kind of the whole thing about the moving the game. The Steelers fans kind of knew when you move the game and you give Josh Allen versus, even though Mason didn't play bad, just that one play there. And, like, as a season as a whole, they were 10-7, and seven, you know, but everyone knew kind of that there was never a chance they were winning a Super Bowl with that team. Um, and that's kind of been the case since 2017 when we lost the AFC Championship of the Patriots and then Ben <laughs> got hurt. It just – it's mediocrity right now, and uh, we don't know where we're going to go. And I, I, I tweeted this morning, I have no idea what's going to happen with the Steelers, but I have – I know exactly what's going to happen with the Steelers. I assume Coach T's back next year, and I assume Kenny's going to be starting. Okay. And I'm actually more confident in the offense right now than I am the defense, which says a lot. Well, T.J. Watt didn't play, so that can't be how you exactly view the defense. T.J. Watt led the NFL in yeah. sacks this year. He's a game wrecker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whenever he's not on the field, the Pittsburgh Steelers do not do well. That is just kind of classic One in 11. Pittsburgh Steelers without T.J. Watt, which T.J. Watt should potentially go in and renegotiate another contract. Yeah, should. Uh, yeah. Might have a little bit of leverage, even though that's not what it's always about in this entire thing. But Whenever you you say you know exactly what's going to happen, Coach T is going to be back. Yep. Kenny Pickett's going to be the starter and yep. everything. Mm. Jay Glazer saying that Mike Tomlin might step down and might step away and might take a breather, or the conversation that Mike Tomlin might end up on another team, might get traded away from the Pittsburgh Steelers because he is still under contract if he wanted to coach. Which leads me to nine-year NFL vet Darius J. Butler, D. Butch. Uh, I talked to Stephen A. Smith this morning on first take, and I said. Um, because he said the Cowboys collapse is obviously much worse than what the Eagles did. Sure. Eagles go 10-1, then 1-6 and six down the stretch. Embarrassing for the Philadelphia Eagles, to be honest. That's not cool. And how Jason Kelsey got sent out is the exact opposite of the type of player in human that Jason Kelsey was, which kind of mm-hmm. sucks. And how the city of Philadelphia is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, that's yeah. just a... Brutal. That kind of sucks the way that whole thing went. But he said the Cowboys, obviously, was devastating because that wasn't supposed to happen. At home, they were supposed to win. Now, Mike McCarthy might leave. So I asked him, I said... Uh, are you firing Mike McCarthy and hiring Bill Belichick to be your head coach down there? And he said, you only fire Mike McCarthy if you can get Bill Belichick or Mike Tomlin. I had no idea mm. that Mike Tomlin's name Whoa. is now being added to the Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, Jim Harbaugh, Mike Tomlin potentially being available. Now, what does Stephen A. Smith know? A lot more than we do. He is a Steelers fan. He's been around the media a long time. I assume he has connections in some places. Maybe Mike Tomlin is saying, I need somewhere fresh. This has been mediocrity. This is what you... The fans keep saying, he's been above 500 with a bad team. What do you think Tomlin's saying? Like, well, yeah, we've been above 500 yeah. with a bad team. Imagine if I went to a team that was good. Is that a conversation worth having at this point, or are we way too soon to the season's end? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a conversation worth having. Now, obviously, people you know, respect Jay, and, and obviously Jay knows. And right. if he says it, it, it holds some weight. Um, but I, I don't see, if you're going to move on from Mike McCarthy, I wouldn't say 
Mike Tom. I wouldn't even go to the Mike Vrabel right, uh, route. I would either go Bill or probably Harbaugh. Like, those would probably be the only guys I would fire Mike for. You got to the playoffs, got exits, you know, the three 12 win seasons, whatever. Was a terrible collapse, but that Eagles, that Eagles, that, oh. that, that was, I mean, that was terrible to watch. And we've seen some teams, uh, Bills change their coordinator, Steelers. You've seen offensively, you know, they did some things at the end of the season, kind of turn it around. And Philly, you know, you, ch- you go to Matty P, and I feel like it got almost worse, you know, but the guys aren't tackling, they aren't communicating, no pressure up front if you're not blitzing. Um, it was just a bad, bad ball to watch. And Jalen Hurts and Goddard getting into it there on the <laughs> sideline. This isn't the only time that Jalen Hurts has gotten into it with a teammate during this entire collapse. Dom DeSandro is back on the sideline. Yeah. Yes. And now it's Dom DeSandro over before we even <laughs> yeah. really get a chance to enjoy the big Italian being back on the sideline. Line. Now, this is not taking away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hell of a game. Yeah. Great game. Great win. NFC South champs obviously doing it. Nobody from the NFC East still remains. Whoa. Nope. Remember how strong the NFC East yeah. was? Oh, yeah. Of Remember how soft the AFC South was? Oh, yeah. Well, sorry about it. Just steamrolled an AFC North opponent in the Browns. Mm-hmm. And then now they're rolling into the Baltimore Ravens, who best team in football combined for the mm-hmm. entirety of it. So the AFC North still represented. Everybody else says that the NFC South stunk all year. Mm-hmm. And I think the records have proved that they did. But then all of a sudden, they get a massive mm-hmm. win in the playoffs. The NFC South still alive. And with that defense, huh? yeah. now they'll rip a face. They will rip a face mask for sure on a tush push. Mm-hmm. They will certainly do it. And Vita Vea will be bigger, stronger, faster, and more dynamic than you are mm-hmm. until the day that he this is fascinating. Now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the only team to have stopped the tush push twice. Okay, They're also the only team that stopped the tush push once. Mm-hmm. They have the recipe. The recipe is get Vita Vea and the boys up underneath or up inside of the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. And then you just grab Jalen Hurts' head. <laughs> yeah. And they say you, you grab the head, snake will fall up. Yeah, right. yeah. rip that thing straight back. Everything goes on a goal line. Not a bad play. I mean, I don't know why anybody else hasn't been doing this. What we need to do is get our hands on Jalen Hurts' head or face. Yep. Bingo. And then just break his neck. Yeah. Yank him. It might be fun to get pushed until your neck's getting <laughs> right on. But nonetheless, uh, the Buccaneers get a big win. This Philadelphia Eagles team, though. They're talking about wholesale changes. Yeah. I just watched a video that was posted on the internet of mm. somebody, some Philadelphia Eagles fan traveled down to Tampa Bay to watch that game last night. And as Sirianni was walking off field with Big Dom Sandro, mm-hmm. guy threw his entire bucket of popcorn on him. Yeah. Threw an entire bucket. He said, get out of here, Nick. All They're ready for him to expensive popcorn. see you. One and six down the stretch. He was just in the Super Bowl last year. Yep. Easy come, easy go. They're saying get Sirianni the hell out of there, con man. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I, I think if if you have a two-year run, you could even say three-year run because when he first came in, they really didn't even know who the quarterback was. Still ended up going to the playoffs and eventually lost to the Bucks. actually. But if you just look at like the offense, sure, the defense couldn't tackle anybody for the entire game, and that was tough. And They had a good little quarter from half halfway through the second to halfway through the third where they were playing decent. But I think like A.J. Brown, uh, it shows how damn good he Mm -hmm. is at football because he clearly was the focal point of that entire offense. And for Devonta Smith to still – he set the single game (laughs) record for the Eagles last night in receiving yards, and they still – got killed. Like they had nobody else after Devontae Smith and Julio Jones gets concussion, but like the offensive line, the I, I thought like he the broke fastest. a rib, by the way. Julio with yeah. the way that hit, I thought it was a shoulder rib. Look bad. And then they take him in there. I guess it was I mean, I thought maybe Julio Jones was gonna hello, how you doing? This was a Julio Jones <sighs> moment all of a sudden. Bingo. Are you kidding me? And then all of a that hit was per Jones, I think made the hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect shoulder. Yeah. yeah I mean that, that's what we're talking about. Revenge game too. Like I thought Julio was gonna come in, used to play for Tampa, come back in, score a couple touchdowns like he did late in the season. But mm-hmm. their offensive line, they they were getting blitzed all night and there was just nothing there's nothing to be done about it. And this is only four man pressure and they're still getting home. Like I thought the offensive line was 
was kind of what we hung our hat on the entire season, at least the last couple of years when it came to the Eagles. And this, the Bucks defense flying was just around. absurd. They we're played so around. well. Yeah, they were killing them. So it, it was just shocking start to finish for Philly. And when they, you know, score that other touchdown to go down by a touchdown, you think maybe, okay, maybe they might have a little bit of a run in them, but the Bucks defense was just too much. In the last four games, this is an interesting stat from Hembo, Jalen was blitzed 68 times, not blitzed 55 times. So that Bosa comment, mm-hmm. right? Bosa said, here's mm-hmm. the blueprint. He'll look at the rush. So if you can't create it with four, let's go ahead and create a rush and see what happens with Jalen Hurts. That's something he's going to have to nip in the bud. That mm-hmm. is going to have to be something that Jalen Hurts is going to have to figure out. Yeah, I honestly don't. I mean, obviously missing A.J. Brown is huge. I don't think Hurts played, you know, that terrible, all, all things considered. They definitely were sending gas, and even when they weren't sending, you know, a, a blitz, it was some type of simulated pressure with bringing a DB, maybe a D-line. Vita Vey even dropped out a couple times. So Todd Bowles, he's definitely I wish he would have got a pick. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, awesome. that would have been sweet. But uh, Todd Bowles definitely mixed it up. I didn't think Hurts was, I guess, the big issue here. It was just that, I mean, offensively, obviously Baker had a huge night. He could have had 175 more yards yeah. with, with some drops. Evans had a drop. Otten had a drop down the middle. It was just the gaps, the seams, nobody on the same page defensively. And you, it's surprising to see – uh, see that with all those veterans on, on Philly side, especially in a wild card weekend. Like, well, what are tackle. we going here? Eagles allowed, Eagles allowed 1,290 yards to close out season versus Arizona, Giants, and Bucks. Mm, not great. That's 124 more than their collective season average. Okay, so Jeez. towards the end, their defense just kind of absolutely fell apart. Eagles linebackers and safeties allowed a 102.8 rating in coverage this season. Yeah. And Hembo, who is a Eagles fan, said how he can't just ignore entire position groups anymore. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Hembo said. Obviously, he's calling for some stuff. Eagles yards per game uh, on RPOs last season, 88.1. Mm-hmm. This season, 48.6. That's about 700 yards left on the field year over year. That's from Hembo. And then uh, last year, Hertz' average snap to pass time was 2.76 seconds. This season, fourth slowest, 3.01. So he's obviously thinking. And yesterday, Eagles' pass uh, pass to run ratio was 3 to 1. So Brian Johnson, I think, will want to throw a little bit more. Shane Steichen, though, is obviously a little bit different. Shane Steichen was tasked with, remember, building Jalen Hurts into becoming a franchise NFL quarterback last year. They certainly did that. They had massive success. They make it all the way to the Super Bowl. Then Shane Steichen is plucked out here to Indianapolis. He... He's a great coach. He's everything. Yeah, unreal. He is everything that they yeah. kind of made him out to be. Him not being in that building, obviously huge. Gannon not being in that building is huge. I think ultimately in the end, you saw a transition period, even though it wasn't a brand new head coach, it was a transition period for the offense and for the defense, and they go 10-1, and one, that kind of disguises it at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then it doesn't uh, show up until it shows up. One and six down the stretch, everybody got exposed seemingly. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is like even when they were winning and they were 10-1, and one, we were kind of saying the Ugly. Entire, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, the, I mean, the 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 writing was kind of on the wall, but you ignore it because they were winning. But then when things started to go bad, it's like everything went bad. And even last night, like to Debut's point, like I don't think Hurts played terrible, but when you watch what the defense is doing and and the expectation is like, hey, every time we go on the field now, like Man. we have to score because they were too. And it wasn't like I mean the the Bucks at points were methodical, but it was I mean like that Trey Palmer touchdown. It's like they have him pinned down for like a you know an eight yard gain, yep. and then he gets out of two hey, three tackles. And, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. a 54-yard touchdown. And it, it was just weird. Like, we saw the Goddard stuff with him and Jalen. kind, But 
just like from the body language, it looked like when they were down 16-9 and after they didn't get the tush push for the touchdown, it was like, oh, this game's over. Like, we, we can't win this game. And then obviously they just, you know, continued to kind of fall apart. But but it did kind of seem like the entire year, like the, the all the makings of like disaster were there, but they were just finding a way to win. So we ignore it. And obviously when you get to the playoffs, like you can't ignore that. Stuff. I mean, there is a there is a stat normally the Super Bowl loser, like I can't remember the exact percentage, doesn't make the playoffs normally. And they did have that ten and one start. So there is a chance they could they could bounce back, I guess. But the the one in like we were talking about Cowboys collapse versus Eagles collapse. Cowboys was one game. Like you can have a bad Sunday and was it the worst Sunday of the year to have have a bad game? Yeah. They had a bad – Eagles had a bad – a terrible yeah. two, two months. months. Yeah, yeah. Two months? No Dom DeSandro on sideline for most of that. And I think last night as I was watching it, it almost – you know, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Mm-hmm. I just assumed Dom DeSandro being back there would be good. There's also the holy hell, Dom DeSandro's back, back on her yeah. sideline. Yeah, which, <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of had the boys a little tight. You know what I mean? Probably had the boys a little bit banged up there. But what do you think it is? I, Booger McFarland put out a tweet this morning, and as I was reading it, I was like, yeah, we said this about the Bills earlier. So the Bills early in the season, they looked nothing like what we thought the Bills were going to look like. They looked dejected. Their moxie was out. There was no real anything that seemed like this team gets along with each other, like this team likes each other, this team is playing for each other, like we had seen from the Buffalo Bills in the past. It was all very question. We had no idea why it was happening, but it felt like as somebody that's ever been in a locker room before, although I was told that that's never been the case last night by many people, <laughs> as anybody that's ever been in a locker room before, it was very easy to like say, there's something going on in there. There's something going on in that locker room as opposed to what it was last year. Booker McFarland pointed out, it was like, something happened mm-hmm. in the Eagles locker room. I think that's a valid point that none yeah. of us have really talked about. I wonder what it was if something happened because clearly they were not the same team that they were at the beginning of the season, last year, or the team that we thought they could be. I wonder what it could have been, honestly. Uh, it's why we'll obviously probably never know. And uh, we know with Buffalo, uh, obviously once the, the hit piece came out, they kind of rallied the troops, it seemed like. Before that, we thought there was something going on there. We locker. thought it was something going on yes. there. And then they mm-hmm. kind of rallied and, and all got behind each other and completely turned around. That's what you kind of expect, especially from you know a veteran-led team. And then obviously Sirianni, I know he's lost his coordinators, but he's been that same voice. You still got Kelsey, Lane Johnson, you know Slay, a lot of guys who fed the Cox. So you got Damn. a lot. You got a lot of guys who've been around yeah. and been in that locker room. So uh, it was shocking to see them, you know, fold down the stretch like that. But I don't. It, it's definitely something. That's why I think definitely. Like as I was reading on. that from uh, Booger, I was like, Yeah, why haven't we? Mm-hmm. You know, why haven't we even? broached that subject that maybe something happened in the mm-hmm. locker room. Was it a beef? Was it a betrayal? Same questions we were asking about the Buffalo Bills in that hit piece is almost something like, all right, let's put our, put our, let's put our swords down, down. down. Let's put our pettiness mm-hmm. aside and let's kind of focus in. Now, we do not know if that was the case with the Buffalo Bills mm-hmm. locker room. We are just strictly observing and reporting. Yep. And whenever it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles, he thinks that it will get out at some point. Somebody's going to talk about how they had this big of a colossal collapse. I kind of hope that it doesn't ever get out if mm-hmm. there was something that happened behind the scenes, but it doesn't make sense. None of it really makes any sense. And then seeing Jason Kelsey crying. All I know, yeah, that, that was, was terrible. That, that, was, was tough. that was tough. Great career. 13 seasons, seven-time Pro Bowler, six-time All-Pro, one Super Bowl, and one number one podcast, and one sexiest man on earth title. <laughs> Hell of a run for an Ohio 
folk. Mm-hmm. Hell of a run for an Ohio folk. We had a chance to catch up with uh, Jason Kelsey in September, and we talked to him about the retirement thing. And he said he just takes one day at a time, one day at a time. I wonder when he knew this year was going to be it. I wonder when he knew that this – because allegedly after the game, he told his teammates mm-hmm. that he was going to ride off. And that's an emo- is that an emotional decision? I would assume not because seemingly we know a lot about Jason Kelsey, pretty cerebral, intelligent mm-hmm. human being, yeah. has probably thought about this for a while. But that's not how we want to see any of our greats go out. That is not how the NFL wants to see him. Everybody hopes to have the Ray Lewis, mm-hmm. Jerome Bettis, mm-hmm. yep. oh, yeah. Super Bowl storybook ending. Rare. Very rare is that the case. So, Jason Kelsey, we appreciate you, pal. Thank you, Kelsey. Thank you, Jason Kelsey. And thank you to Travis Kelsey for making Taylor Swift more money. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. Yeah, That's what Brett Favre said. Mm-hmm. That's right. You're welcome. Brett Favre's back in the news. Uh, oh, Allegedly. Allegedly, Brett Favre said it. We don't know if it's him. He looked different. So, it could be AI. Could be AI. Could be AI. Good chance. We have no idea. Also, could be a fake Jay Gruden Twitter account. Could be. Yeah. But it feels like it's real getting into it. It's a wild <laughs> time right now. Joining us is a man who probably has all the answers for everything. Everything I've ever thrown at him, he's had an answer. Bingo. Mm-hmm. Not just football-wise, business-wise, life-wise. Right. He's been a TED Talker, an author, an email newsletter, a podcast host, a live show host, and a guy that has GM'd a team, been a consultant for a team, and a three-time Super Bowl champion. Is that good? Uh, yeah. I think so. It's not bad. Ladies and gentlemen, host of the Lombardi line, Michael Lombardi. Yeah. Hello, guys. How we doing? How we doing over there, huh? Hey, there's a lot to talk about. Life is good. Yeah. Life is good. But for some teams, it is terrible. We are just chit-chatting about the Eagles, and obviously you live uh, Ocean City, right? No. Yeah, right there. I'm in the heart of it. Yeah, this is Wawa and Philadelphia Eagles. It was not happy getting coffee at Wawa this morning. I could tell you that right now. <laughs> well, not a good day. Well, Sheets is obviously better than Wawa, but I'm sure that the coffee was fantastic over there. A lot of respect for the eastern half of the state, and obviously Jersey picks into the Philadelphia Eagles fandom because of how close it is in relation. Let's talk. What the hell happened, Wombo? I was asked this morning on first take. I was asked on first take, which is the worst you know, collapse. Cowboys or the Eagles? Cowboys have a bad game, obviously. All year we thought they were going to go. This was a different Cowboys team, especially at home. They're different. They lay an egg against an incredible Green Bay Packers performance. And what they did, Jordan Love did, obviously great. For me, the Eagles being 10-1, and one, number one in the NFC, fighting for home field advantage over there in the link, and then 1-6 and six down the stretch. I don't know why we didn't think that maybe something happened in the locker room. Was there a loss of trust? Obviously, they fired the D.C. They moved Matt Patricia in there. What do you think from looking outside in as a guy who's been around the NFL for 50 years happened in Philadelphia? I don't think it's just one thing, right? I think it's a combination. First of all, whenever you're the Super Bowl team, you always have that hangover the next year. It's just natural. I mean, the Bengals avoided it and they went back, they went to the divisional game, but that Super Bowl year you go and you don't win, that's always tough. And I think when you watch this team play, they were fortunate in the beginning of the season. They won a lot of games. The best game they had in terms of really dominating was the Tampa Bay game in week three. But from that point on, most every win was a dangerous win. They were in and out and making too many mistakes. And as the year came on, you could see it. Their, their fundamentals, their conditioning, the whole element of their team started to deteriorate. And you don't miss as many tackles as the Eagles have missed over the last six weeks if you're really practicing tackling, if you're really having the things that you need to do. And I think this has been one of those where we want to rest our older players because they are an older team. And we want to keep them fresh, 
but we've lost the basis of football, which are fundamentals, techniques, and the ability. And then when you factor in, okay, scheme-wise, really can't handle the blitz. We've seen it all year. No answer for the overload protections. Didn't even, you know, they, they forced him to throw it hot last night, rallied to make the tackle. There was no there was no chess match going on in Philly. And then defensively, when their front doesn't play well. See, last year their front was dominating. 60 of their 70 sacks came from a defensive line. Mm-hmm. And this year they can't generate that pressure. And so it exposes an area of weakness and also their inability to cover at linebacker. They're slow. And so there's a common – it's just not one thing. It's not like somebody got mad in the locker room. It's a combination of things, and they couldn't fix it. Look, you don't give up 30 points over the last six games of the year, and teams are running for an average of 150 yards against you if you're really playing fundamentally sound, and they weren't. Okay, so let's talk about what's next, because obviously there's a video that we saw right before we went live of a Philadelphia Eagles fan down there at Tampa Bay Buccaneers game uh, last night. Paid good money. He's front row. Oh, yeah. Front row, right near the tunnel where the Eagles go in and out of of that uh, pirate ship. And he just throws his, hey, get out of your neck! Throwing his popcorn at him, all his security guards say, I'm going to kick you out of here. He's like, I'm leaving anyways. <laughs> Look at the Jumbotron. Bucks win. Bucks win. Everybody's now thinking that Nick Sirianni is going to get fired. He was in the Super Bowl last year. Two new coordinators, three new coordinators this year, if you go with the two, adding Matt Patricia, who looked incredibly thin. He did. Yeah, yeah. He, incredibly did. thin. Fantastic. Incredibly thin. I don't know what he's doing or how he's doing it. Maybe he's just you know, on the Ozempic diet. Whatever the case, I'm sure he's feeling better than he's felt in a long time, but the team did not look great. The defense did not look great. And now they're calling for Sirianni to potentially be fired. Is, is that just the natural NFL cycle of how this whole thing mm-hmm. goes? And what do you think actually happens over there in Philly? Well, I think it's certainly Philadelphia. The fans are passionate. And, you know, they've seen these meltdowns before. Before you guys were born, the Phillies in 64 had a six-and-a-half game lead on in the division. And they had with 10 games to play and lost it. You know, the 76ers were 2-0 and on the Portland Trailblazers in 77 and got swept 4-2. to So the city has seen these meltdowns occur. This one's dramatic because this team always had the aura of being able to turn it around. But you have to understand the Eagle organization. They have never been an organization that has turned the keys over to the store, to the head coach. They've always been an organization that has, since Andy Reid left, that has really helped the coach become a coach, right? They've always been able to be the sum of their parts, not an individual part. And so when you saw when they hired Sirianni, they got Steichen to come with them. You know, they hired Jonathan Gannon. They brought together and they built an organization that helps the head coach. And now that's kind of fallen apart a little bit because of the coordinator sire. They thought they were going to get Vic Fangio. They didn't get him. They had to make certain changes offensively, and it's just not coming. So I suspect Howie Roseman, the general manager, and Jeff Lurie will sit down and have meetings to figure out, like, how do we solve this problem? And how do we move forward? And part of that conversation is based on the market availability of what's out there. You know, would we be better off if we hired this coach? Would we be better off if we hired that coach? Would we be better off if we kept Nick and hired this offensive coordinator or that defense? I think you have to play all those scenarios in your head and then look three years from now, where are we? Where would we be if we do all those decisions? So it's easy for the guy in the front row to say, fire Sirianni. That's easy, right? But he doesn't have any answers to some of the questions that come after that. And I think they're really smart in Philly. They'll, they'll look at that over and decide where they need to go moving forward. 
I don't think you, you, they'll – I mean, it's not his style to fire a coach who's been to the playoffs every single year. But if there's something internally wrong within that building, then if he can only fix it by releasing Nick, then I think he would do it. It is easy to be the guy in the front row who says fire Nick Sirianni, especially when you shop with SeatGeek. Hell yeah. Right. <laughs> the greatest ticket buying platform on planet Earth and the moon. But it feels like a lot of these conversations take a very long time and there's a lot of thought. I appreciate that you're saying this would be out of character for them to fire Nick Sirianni, but I think those Eagles fans are growing louder and louder. The expectation now is we're in a Super Bowl last year. This is what we need every single year. It's kind of a, a gift and a curse whenever you have success early as a head coach. Speaking of having success early mm-hmm. as a head coach, Tone Diggs has a question for you. Yeah, Coach Tomlin had success early, not so much as of late. The last playoff win was in 2017. Since then, they have given up 45, 48, 42, and 31 in those playoff games. And obviously, yesterday happens, and then uh, he is questioned on his future, and uh, this was his reaction. Anyone? Mike, you have a year left on your contract. <laughs> uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on that, Lombo, and just kind of the state of the Steelers and, and how they should move forward? I, I mean, look, that, that that was easy for him. I mean, he's not – I mean, he just got beat in a tough yeah. game, undermanned, didn't have his best player on defense. I thought they gave great effort, mm-hmm. you know, and I think sometimes we just judge the scoreboard. You know, Walsh wrote a book called The Score Takes Care of Itself. And if you think you're going to find a better coach than Mike Tomlin, good luck. Now, I know all you Steeler fans are upset. And certainly he can rearrange his offensive staff or perhaps add defensive coaches to his staff. But I don't think you're going to go out there and say, this coach is better than Tomlin. We need to bring him in. I just think people get bored so easily. You know, people complain about offensive coaches, but when they get bored and won't call the same play again, right? And same thing with fans. They get bored with winning or not winning enough. So I, I, I think if you second order think this one, where are you going to find a better coach than Mike Tomlin? And really, when you asked that question, did you think he was going to say, well, let me think. I'm going to take some time. And uh, come on. Like, that was stupid. You know, when you ask stupid questions, you get a response like that. Today or tomorrow, when you do, when he does meet with the press, Bingo. that's the time to handle that. I mean, the guy just lost yeah. a tough game. He froze his butt off out there. You know, I, I mean, like, he's trying as best he can. He's collecting his thoughts. Plus, he's worried about those guys in the locker room. It ain't about him. Sirianni said the same thing whenever he was asked about his future. He said, that's not for right now. Like, I got to go talk to my coaches and do a locker room that has obviously not had the greatest final two months. I appreciate them handling it that way. I appreciate Sirianni answering. Yeah. I appreciate Tomlin just walking it off. Mm-hmm. That's one of the greatest moves I've ever seen at a press his conference. Eye, his eye control in that thing was the best. Like, oh, his eyes open and he left. I mean, it, it was, was so brilliant. quick. Can it we run so that good. one more time? We, this will be the fourth time we've run this already in 30 minutes. <laughs> Worth it. Anyone? Mike, you have a year left on your contract. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you have a year. <laughs> From the Yinzers having to plow the snow mm-hmm. out of the seats oh, before man. the game yep. to Mike Tomlin exiting the press conference the way he did. From beginning to end, the Yinzers showed yeah. up. Yes, last they night. did. Thank you for a pretty boring Super Wild Card weekend with these games yeah. being Ooh, boy. absolute blowouts. That's a real deal. The stories have been basically everything going on around the NFL. To that point, right. D-Butt has a question for you, Lombo. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh, uh, he's out there, obviously. I saw a report come out that he's actually maybe seeking some immunity if he uh, goes back to Michigan. Do you think that's a leverage play? He's actually going to go back to college? Or do you think he's definitely coming to the NFL? And Would you put him 
as that bell of the ball. I know he's around 60. You got Bill out there. You got Pete Carroll. You got Vraves. But if you're a GM and you're looking for a head coach, would Harbaugh be that guy at the top of your list? Well, I, I think Harbaugh's looking at the, the landscape of the league and listening to it. He's interviewing them as much as he's getting interviewed, right? And, and he has to find the perfect situation because right now at, the, at Michigan, he can make really good money. And he's the CEO of his football program. He doesn't have to answer to a general manager or an owner or anybody like that. He's not going to get questioned on Monday and have to watch tape with the owner and go over his decisions and got meet with the analytical department and talk about why we go for it on fourth down and why we didn't. Meanwhile, you know, I've yet to see that green dot on ESPN say not go for it. I mean, Bingo. that's just automatic. Go don't for it. Go. go for it. What if it did just one time I mean, say don't, don't no, go? I, I think that, you know, that, that green dot, I bet you the, all the casinos in the world want that green dot in there just hit on 17 hit on 18 go 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 <laughs> all right so you know like I, I, it goes crazy but i i think to me a lot of it is is prepare what does he have and what is he going into and if it's comfortable i'm sure he'll do it look he's highly competitive wherever he's going to go he's going to win i mean this is a guy who competes at everything down to the last the, you know whatever they're doing he's going to compete and win so but it's got to be the right situation for them. Too often we get in these, you know, everybody wants you to take a job, but they don't tell you about all the problems, right? When you have taken a job like one of these, everybody thinks like a president, well, we have a 100-day plan moving forward. No, no, no 100-day plan. Please don't bring the problem up. is you got to look backwards. Like, why did I get this job? What's screwed up here that I have got this job? What's wrong with the job? What do I need to fix first, right? And most people can't figure that out. Everything. Like Philadelphia has to do an <laughs> autopsy on their team this year. What's wrong? What went wrong? Dallas, they've got to figure out what went wrong. What went wrong? And those are hard things to answer. And for Harbaugh, he's got to figure out, is what's wrong? Can I fix it? We will certainly talk about the Dallas situation. I think Connors actually has a question about that entire situation that's brewing in Dallas, which is certainly fascinating. When you talk about Harbaugh, though, Schefter came on our show yesterday, obviously Michigan man. We assume he's pretty plugged. We assume he's pretty plugged yeah. to the Harbaugh situation. He said that they're both into each other. They're just trying to figure out, like, uh, nutrition, how the building is built, yep. where's the training room, like, and that goes to everything you were talking about about Harbaugh being the guy at Michigan. He could control. Hey, I want a new uh, cold tub over here. I want a new hot tub over here. I want our training staff now here. I want everybody to have protein shakes as soon as they walk in every morning. Like that is what college guys can do. The Chargers have never really been known as a spending ownership group. That right. is, even though they paid a bunch of people on their team, there's a salary cap, but you get it. But they've never been a team that's really been able or hasn't really showcased that. Is that legitimate, you think, that that is what it may, might come down to in the end, whether or not he's with the Chargers and kind of what Schefter was reporting there? I don't think there would be a meeting if the boundaries weren't set. I don't think they would have come in there without an understanding. I'm not saying a memo of agreement, but without an understanding of like, this is what it's going to take. Are you in or are you out? Like, anytime you bring a free agent, especially the first couple days into your facility, you have a kind of an understanding of what the agent's looking for and what you're willing to pay. And that that determines who gets to visit first, right? Who gets to get the player to come in their building, and then we can close the deal. I, I'm pretty sure the Chargers have answered Harbaugh to the level of satisfaction that he's willing to take it to another step. 
So I, I don't think financially they're not. Look, they got to buy credibility, right? They got to buy because every game we talk about during the season, there's more fans from the opposing team than there are from the Chargers. That's got to stop. Chargers fans are not going to be happy to hear that. I want to yeah, let you know. It's that. true. They're not going to be happy to hear that, but it's real. But, but it's true. I mean, look, I'm not trying to make anybody upset. It's just you go there. There's more red jerseys when they play the Chiefs. There's more this black and silver when they play the Raiders. It's just what it is. They need credibility. The ownership needs credibility. They and they're sitting there. They've got a great young quarterback they got to face Patrick Mahomes Andy Reid they got they have to face you you know they have to face the good teams of the Sean Payton and whatever happens in Denver so I I don't I think if they're moving in that direction I don't think finances are going to be the issue hey Chargers fans are awesome we've gotten a chance to learn a lot about them over the years because we were live whenever they were in the MLS stadium Mm -hmm. and we were saying some stuff potentially about the MLS stadium and then we heard from them and then we've continued to like follow their journey they're a passionate group. Oh, yeah. And their team has multiple times tried to make them not be, you know. Yeah, uh-huh. And they've, like, kind of yeah. stuck with them, which is a beautiful thing in it all, Lombo. Yeah, especially when they were in San Diego. I mean, those Raiders San Diego games, like, those were, you well, know, then they those just were leave, hard, right? Then they just leave. Oh. And they go to L.A., which I think San Diego, L.A. already has, like, a thing because, it, you know. And then the Rams. And then the Rams have the stadium and, and then. And win the Super Bowl in that stadium. And Chargers fans uh-huh. are like, yeah. What are we doing? Are we Rams fans? Are we, are we allowed to be? Yeah. And then remember the doctor with Tyrod. Uh-huh. It was like a never-ending thing. Anthony Lynn, when they were still mathematically in the playoffs. I told the, the boys yeah. were screwed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's just like a never-ending supply. And the Chargers fans have stuck with them. They will come out if you get a winner. And it feels like they have the pieces to do so for whatever reason they haven't been able to. Maybe it is Harbaugh going out there and just changing the entire culture. All Harbaugh does whenever he coaches a team, it makes them tougher and harder. Yep. It's yeah. like that is yeah. exactly what the Chargers would need at this exact point and Herbert's the perfect guy for it because he will you know yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Herbert is like the face of being a guy who's okay with not saying anything mm-hmm. and also running his face through a wall to get a win hopefully he'll be able to do that we won't waste it now there's a couple other conversations taking place go ahead Con man yeah Lombo uh, it was reported that Bill Belichick met with the Falcons for three and a half hours yesterday uh, that one was kind of curious for some of us is Bill just not really gonna say no to any interviews he's gonna just kind of see what everything is going on and then Dallas is kind of the one that everyone's pointing to Mike McCarthy goes was 12 and 5 for three years, but they really don't have any success past the wild card weekend. Uh, what do you expect there? And then also, what is Bill Belichick even doing spending three and a half hours? Can he just walk in and be like, hey, 28 to 3, bitch, I should be the coach? Or, does he wear the rings? Yeah, yeah. Does he wear the rings into the room? Like, does he just say, you guys are losers, I'm a winner, give me the job? Like, how does that process go? Picturing him walking in with a tablet, like nervous to show his his <laughs> hand, doesn't really make sense as far as outside looking in. Assuming that Bill is going in there with somewhat of a plan, if it's lasting three and a half hours. Well, it, you know, look, when he went in there, it's about learning as much about Arthur Blank as Arthur Blank is learning about him, and what the problems Arthur Blank views as with the Atlanta organization, and how he views the structure of what he thinks needs to stay, what needs to go, what direction they need to go. It's really about, can I set up my program? What are the positives? What are the negatives uh, of the place? And and it's a relationship between him and the owner, because wherever he goes, there's not going to be any of those what the mafia calls buffers. There's no buffers in this. This is going to be the owner talking directly to him Hell and yeah. he talking directly to the owner. Right. So there's nobody in between. And, and that has to be a relationship that is comfortable. And I think the three and a half hours were spent trying to understand one another 
and understand where he needs to go with his football team. It's a data collection. These things are marriages. You just can't rush into it. This isn't speed dating or the, the senior bachelor. You, you got to spend some time on this thing and understand what the hell's going on. And I think that was, and I'm sure there'll be another meeting down the road to go over more of, of if this takes another step. So I, I think it's it's kind of a discovery. You know, whenever you do a, a, a law, a court case, you have discovery. I think this is really what the stage is. If it gets to stage two, now we're talking about getting something serious. All right, let's talk about Dallas. All right, Jerry fired Chan Gailey after two wild cards, okay? After the season, he fired him. And then, you know, then that went from Chan Gailey to Dave Campo. Campo was 5-11 and 11 for three years in a row. He fired him. That, that was it. Hires Parcells. Parcells goes 10-6, and 6-10, six, six and 10, and has two 9-7 season. He leaves, right? Brings Wade Phillips in, fires Wade Phillips midway through, I think, his third season, hires Jason Garrett. Then Garrett has those nine and a half years of good year, bad year, good year, bad year, and then fires him after the divisional round. And so it's not usually Jerry's nature to fire somebody other than Galley after he's been so successful. But, you know, when you get to the point in your life where you decide maybe I need to make a change, I think if you're Jerry, you're sitting there saying, my quarterback has played the best he's ever played. Now, there's more than just Dak played poorly and McCarthy wasn't good on Sunday. Their defense wasn't any good either. You know, they couldn't stop a very explosive Green Bay attack. And I almost got the sense that I don't think, you know, when LaFleur said, I want the ball, he basically told the, the Cowboys, you guys are nothing but a bunch of front runners. I get ahead of you, I, I, I'll beat you. I mean, that's the way I looked at it. Like, I'm going to take the lead and make you play from behind. And you know, and it's going to be the same thing in San March. Francisco because they know going in the fourth quarter, they know the Kyle Shanahan stat, they know the 49ers stat going. They're going to want to play from in front, and I think as as the Cowboys are front runners, I think they got to ask themselves that question and then have that conversation. There's a lot of this is a unique time in NFL history. There's never been this many great coaches who have been successful out there in the market. Especially if Mike Tomlin's potentially available. We are not... <laughs> c- could you imagine Tomlin's name now getting out of this? Well, but he has a year on a contract, so now he falls into the Sean Payton category. So well, he unless, would have to... Unless he don't want to deal with the time it takes. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, like Amy Strunk mm-hmm. said, don't want to deal... Well, yeah, but I mean, you, that, those are hard trades to work out. Unless, And I don't think the Steelers... I think the Steelers want Mike Tomlin back. I, don't, I can't imagine a world they don't. But Again, what if Mike uh, Tomlin... That's the Rooney's. You know name. what? It ain't Amy. Right. The Rooney's been around a long time. Sure. We, they've been doing wheeling and dealing, especially back in a horse yeah. race, and that's how they got into this Consistency entire thing. Consistency is but, all they care about. But could you fathom if Mike Tomlin's name is added to this Hall of Fame <laughs> coaching carousel that's currently taking place? Oh. It's like it'll be it'll be debunking a lot of things. You said that's not Jerry's MO, and it's like, well, it's not the MO for the NFL to have five Hall of Fame coaches available right. in the same off season. It's a, let's get back to the Dallas Cowboys a little bit here and Bill Belichick. So, and Ty's going to ask you about Green Bay. I'm excited for that conversation. I think a lot of Packers fans are as well. But whenever you think about 24 years, he's going to take an interview with anybody, right? He's going to he's going to listen to anybody you think or he's only going to places like why would Atlanta be a place that he would want to go to other than the owner? What with what that why would cuz the NFC South, why why Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot to like about Atlanta, right? I mean, they they have they've been to a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, they play in the South. They they have great facilities, the stadium. You know, they they have the ability to the NFC. You don't have to play against elite quarterbacks. Baker played really well last night. You know, you got Carr in New Orleans. You got Bryce Young there. So there's really not a roadblock if you can build a good team, which I think is really important. But more than anything, 
more than anything, these guys that are out that have that have won games and have a track record and have been to Super Bowls and won Super Bowl, the owner is the most important person in the building. That's the most important person in the building. The logo doesn't matter. The owner matters the most. And so that's really what this is about. I can't imagine Bill would take an interview, and I'm not going to speak for him, but could he get interested in Carolina? Boy, from the outside, that doesn't look like that would be a place where his culture could be established from the beginning. So I think all, no, I think anybody who calls, like he's not speed dating here. It's like he's not going out there. It's going to have to be, here's the, here's where I'm looking. And if you want to take this another step, we'll have a meeting. When uh, Jason Garrett said after the game on Football Night in America, I guess on Sunday there, because he called the game Saturday night. Yep. I like Jason Garrett on TV, by the way. Just want to let everybody bottle, know. Bottle, I like Jason Garrett on television. I think he does a good job. Longbow seemingly with the look off camera the way you just did there. I don't know if you're the biggest fan. Well, I mean, I think sometimes, you know, he's been in the room with Jerry. I listened to that interview. You know, he's been in the room. NBC's paying him a lot of money. You know, give us exactly what Jerry's talking about. <laughs> give us he knows Jerry Jason. better than okay. anybody. Because what he said you know, was don't, don't be look, he's not he wasn't at the Iowa caucus this week, Jason. Like he doesn't have to give an answer. <laughs> oh, like, no. He can say what he thinks, right? <laughs> so and, he and said he knows it. Jason he knows, Garrett said he, just so people that didn't hear it, Jason Garrett said over the next forty eight hours, Jerry Jones is gonna be there for the coaches and the players. Then over the next couple of weeks, he's gonna have to decide what is gonna be best for the team and he's gonna make change inevitably because this is not gonna be good enough for Jerry Jones. But he didn't give a specific about anything. I don't know if you heard more or less from Jason Garrett, but that was basically what Jason Garrett said. Right. Jerry Jones, you think, has already had a conversation with Bill? Hey, Bill, how's it going? And Bill tells him or no? You don't think any of that? Like, how do you think that kind of unfolds? Look, I think there's a lot of back politics going on right now. I think there's back channel conversations from a lot of different teams. But here's what I would say. I think Jason knows that Stephen is really the – the 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 pragmatist within that relationship and his steven and jerry are going to sit down and break away and decide where are we the fundamental thing now because of the shift and these coaches available it's not about what are we going to do next year is where do we see our team in three years where do we see us going and you know i think anytime you talk to an owner after a game win or lose it's not good i remember we used to have a saying in cleveland with the art model is the owner you know, we're lining up to kick a field goal. And if we make this field goal, everybody gets 10-year contracts. If we miss it, everybody's fired. I mean, that's how that's how delicate the balance is between good and bad. So I take anything an owner says after a game, you got to, like, temper it down a little bit. But I, I think if you know Jerry's personality and you know his will to win, he's got huge cap issues coming up. He's got to sign Parsons. He's going to redo Dak's deal. He's going to sign Lamb. All right, so now he's going to have a team much like the Rams, okay, where they're paying a lot of great players – but they don't, they're going to have to utilize a lot of their draft picks and, and other players. And you need a coach who's going to develop the talent from within. If you think it's Mike, go ahead, keep him. If you don't, look somewhere else. Who do you think would be the best developer of talent out there? All of them? I guess that's why they're all Hall of Fame coaches. I mean, Vrabel's proven that. I mean, look, Vrabel's gone. How many years have the, the Titans go without a draft pick? I mean, he's out there going into overtime with Malik Willis, a quarterback, and they got one first down after the second quarter. I mean, I mean seriously. <laughs> I mean, that's a hell of a – I mean, that tape should go in the Hall of Fame. That should be in Canton. So I think all Fire. of them can because they understand it. They yeah. understand how to – you need young players to play. Look at Green Bay. Green Bay is a perfect example of, of – this is what Parcells used to talk about all the time. They call them progress stoppers. When coaches bring in veteran guys, when they have a young player – Walsh said this too. Walsh would always say to me, look, I'd rather lose a game in September and win one in December playing a young kid. 
because he wanted to get that young player ready to go. These young receivers are dynamic. They're dynamic. And they're playing well because they've played. They've got an opportunity to play. Whereas if you're playing older players out there who really know what to do but can't do it, now you're not developing talent. And if you have a cap situation like Dallas is going to have, which I'm not saying they shouldn't do it, is you're going to have to have a lot of good young players and a coach that can develop them. So I appreciate you bringing up the Packers there at the end of this thing. Ty just wants to have a pragmatic conversation with you about the entire situation. Go ahead, Ty Schmidt. Yeah, Lombo, so last week on the show you picked the Packers to cover, but I don't think a lot of people outside of Packers fans thought they had any shot in hell of beating the Cowboys in Dallas. Um, Were you surprised at just like how thoroughly they dismantled the Cowboys? And then when you look ahead to next weekend, I think it's – Kind of the same deal. They're 10-point dogs uh, against the Niners. No one's going to be giving them any shot again. And I think most Packers fans' main concern is, well, there's a chance that they're just going to ram it down their throat with McCaffrey. Um, But is there a path in your mind where this Packers team, with how well Love is playing, how well those young receivers and tight ends are playing, and then the defense obviously playing well last week, forcing a couple turnovers. Is there a path to victory where the Packers actually could go into Santa Clara and uh, beat the 49ers? Yeah, there is a path because the one thing you left out, their offensive line, really good at pass protection. True. And that's why love and love's really good. Love is exactly where we're going in the NFL is your quarterback's got to buy a second look. He's got, he becomes the most important offensive lineman in the game because when he can buy another look and buy extended time, like those clips you guys were showing, then all of a sudden it opens up a whole door for the receivers. And when he went in there, I thought it was going to be a track meet much like the Seattle game where Dallas would gain control late. Okay, I thought it could be it was going to be a push or Green Bay was going to cover for me, the way I handicapped the game, the way I visualize it. I see it the same way. And I think that LaFleur understands how they play defense. He's played, you know, he's coached with Kyle. He knows Kyle. And it's going to be back and forth. And you can't make a mistake. You cannot make a mistake because if you hold serve as your defense, the other team's got a really good chance to score. And so I think they have a certainly they have a chance. And this young player, Jordan Love, if you watch him against the Raiders, you watch him in the earlier in the season in the first Viking game, you know, he's he's playing completely different. And the 49ers cannot get into a man-to-man game against these receivers. I'm just telling you, they're not going to win that. And this kid throws the ball really well in man-to-man. There's no question. They're going to have to put pressure rushing four like they typically like to do and try to play it. I really believe this, and I watched the tape this morning. I think Dallas underestimated how good Green Bay was. I thought Mike McCarthy was too conservative early in the game, got himself in too many third downs, and fell behind. And he fell behind. And then the Cowboys... On defense, they tried to rob Peter to pay Paul. They couldn't cover him. They took chances, and Green Bay made him pay. Yeah, this dude's phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, watching him all year, it's been fun. It's just because there was like glimpses of greatness early. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, this guy's going to figure it out. But we got to remember that this is the first full season with LaFleur and Jordan Love together. And this is the first full season of LaFleur's offensive system being executed exactly how Matt LaFleur wanted his system to be executed. So I think they're only going to get better, too, which has to be fantastic oh, yeah. for you, Ty Schmidt and Packers fans. They said they went into the season with no number one wide receiver, which took pressure off of them. Because now who cares who yeah. gets the ball? Mm-hmm. Everybody, whatever, whoever's open, we kind of do that. So. With all that being said, I questioned Gutekunst whenever the whole situation happened. Is this guy 
a good do we know like now we're about to find out if this guy is a good GM because this is his team now young team yeah. all the people that he picked he kind of pushed everybody else kind of out you know Bakhtiari I think is one of the last ones standing mm-hmm. over there but he put this is his team now winning playoff games they're great Gutekunz proved it now, you have been a guy who has said some things about Coach LaFleur, obviously, in the past. I believe a lot of Packers fans have brought up on uh, social to me and I assume to you as well. LaFleur has done a phenomenal job this year, yeah. right, with this offense and everything that's been happening with the Packers. How impressed with him yeah. are you? And what have you learned about LaFleur here as you've watched the tail end of the season for the Packers? Well, I mean, I wasn't impressed when he played against the Giants. I wasn't impressed when they played against the, the Tampa Bay Bucks at home. But what I've learned about LaFleur is when he knows the scheme, when he understands it and has played it before, he can game plan very effectively. There's no question. And I think his play calling has gone to a higher level. If you go back and watch that Raider game, he didn't trust Love in that game. He was playing the game so Love didn't hurt him. Now he's playing the game where Love can win. He's got complete faith in him. And I think he's changed that because love has proven to him and these young receivers have grown up. So, look, I think there's a maturity that has happened with LaFleur. I worry sometimes that his teams don't always play in three dimensions. They're not a very good team in the kicking game at all. They need to improve in that area. But their defense has always been kind of suspect, and it's still suspect. I mean, you're worried about them going into San Francisco. Can they ever get control of the game? I think that's going to be the thing. But his play calling has been no question. And what I brought up last week was I think a fundamental question that every team's asking is, are we sure this is the coach that can lead us for the next five years? Because this is an opportunity that's out there. Now, I think he answered that question on Sunday. I think he said, yeah, he's really good. Now, they're going to still have issues with Joe Barry. They're going to have to fix that defense. And maybe it's a scheme thing. They got a lot of first-round picks over there. But I think, to me, they at least came together as a team, and Love has proven them to be very successful. Yeah, and LaFleur's guided the ship phenomenally. What they did to the Dallas Cowboys was awesome to watch. Congrats to them. Seemingly going from Brett Favre, who's in the news again, mm-hmm. uh, Aaron Rodgers, who's in the news oh, again, yeah. <laughs> and Jordan Love, who's yeah. in the news for being an absolute stud. Last question from me here, Lombo, and yeah. I appreciate you joining us on this beautiful Overreaction Tuesday. Wonderful. Eight teams left now, okay? Eight teams left. Obviously, everybody's earned their way in here. San Francisco 49ers, you just talked about them taking on the Packers. How will Joe Barry's defense do against Brock Purdy, who's been off a week? Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, most complete team all year. They've been off a week. The Houston Texans have been buzzing. Mm-hmm. The Green Bay Packers have been buzzing. Are you worried about that with the two teams that got the bye week, maybe get a little bit healthier? But on the flip side, they also missed a week of playing while these other teams are playing their best ball, most meaningful ball. What are your thoughts on that? Well, let's take the first one. Baltimore opened up with Houston, and that was a kind of a closer game. It's 7-6 to six at the half. Baltimore's winning. They broke it open in the third quarter. They won the game, but Stroud was good in that game. Threw it 44 times. You know, he had 10-play drive, a 14-play drive early in the game. They just couldn't get it in the end zone. They're a much different team. Now, Houston's a different team defensively on the road. That's going to be how this thing goes. That front, which relies on their quickness and athleticism when they play outdoors in a crowded stadium. But weather could be a factor. It's neutralized. I I think Houston's still a good story. I think this is going to be a challenge. San Francisco has got to get control of the game with their defense, and they're going to have to harass these receivers and really break on the ball and know it's going to be a fourth-quarter game. I don't think they're going to take Green Bay lightly at all. I think Kyle Shanahan knows watching this tape they're really a good team. I think the one concern I have as we go into the divisional is, is how healthy is Buffalo. 
That was a beat-up yesterday. I mean, they lost a lot of guys. And Kansas City, when you watch them against Miami, the weather didn't affect them. They threw the ball well in the game. They still dropped too many passes. But I thought their offense was coming around again. I think that's going to be a a, a great situation. And, look, let's face it. What Tampa did to Philly – and they lost twenty to six to to, to uh, Tampa lost twenty six to Detroit at home last this year. That they can throw the ball on Detroit and Tampa really don't care about running the ball. They, they did last night. They can make some plays against them, and if they get into a track meet in that front, the way they blitz, they can be. A, this could be a hell of a game. Todd Bowles brought it mm-hmm. last yeah. night, and Bruce Arians was and on. They didn't block it, Pat. They never blocked it. They never handled it. They didn't have an adjustment. They never, they never were able to, and I think this is going to be, you know, Kelsey, great career Hall of Fame player. He's going to retire. You know, when you take him out of there, they, he, they relied so much on him to get him into the right, right protections, all that. That's a, that's another thing that you don't, people don't count on when they watch the tape on how much they ask Kelsey to do. Whereas in New England, Brady did all that. Brady pointed the might out. Brady redirected. Brady took care of all that stuff, which is really hard on a quarterback. Well, you know what's hard on a quarterback is when Michael Lombardi's breaking down whether or not you're going to be good or not. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Stud, host of the Lombardi line, which I assume is launching here in about five minutes. Michael. Coming here in a couple minutes yet. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Michael Lombardi. I do appreciate that uh, Bruce Arians was on the Manning cast last Mm -hmm. night. It was like a third and six or something, and uh, Peyton's like, what what do you think here, Bruce? And Bruce's like, Todd Bowles bringing something. (laughs) Yeah, it's either going to be a man blitz or zone blitz, but something's definitely coming. Then six get brought, mm-hmm. yeah. man, and then all of a sudden you just see Jalen Hurts scrambling, mm-hmm. throwing it out, off his back foot mm-hmm. out of bounds. It's like Todd Bowles was in his bag last yeah. night, but that's kind of always been his M.O. The fact that the Eagles weren't seemingly prepared for that, mm-hmm. which is what the teams have done to them since the Niners have kind of said. Bosa literally came out and said, uh, Jalen's looking at the rush. So <laughs> I think we kind of gave a blueprint. Mm-hmm. Everybody should do that. Yep. And ever since then, that's little. Okay, as long as we get pressure on this, it's seemingly over. Yeah. They're going to have to fix that. They'll fix it. I think so, too. I think the Eagles are going to be back better than ever next year. I hope Sure. They already drafted Kelsey's replacement, so I'm sure he... Kelsey was a part of the drafting. Yeah, he was. is down to its final eight teams who are still in the hunt for the Lombardi of the 2023 NFL season. Last night, we watched the Buffalo Bills trample over the Pittsburgh Steelers in a snowy western New York 4.30 in the afternoon Monday wild card matchup. And then the game that capped off the entire Super Wild Card weekend on ESPN with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and Laura Rutledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who maybe we should get her a microphone that works. But well, she, she was still there. She was saying it, though. Lip readers told us what she said yep. was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. When the Tampa Bay Buccaneers knock off the NFC champion mm-hmm. Philadelphia Eagles in a game that is now calling for questions and concerns for the entire Philadelphia Eagles organization. There's obviously overreaction to everything. We will visit those from around the internet later today. We'll be joined by Harry Douglas in about 18 minutes. He's obviously Louisville legend and a man who played for the Atlanta Falcons for seven years. Bill Belichick took an interview with the Atlanta Falcons. Why? 
What are you doing? Don't do it, Bill. Don't do it. Now, Atlanta Falcons fans are saying, will you get off our backs? Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, I don't understand what the infatuation has been with the Falcons and Bill Belichick. Harry Douglas will hopefully be able to explain more about why that is the perfect spot for Bill to go to. Obviously, ownership has been there a long time. Ownership is considered great ownership mm -hmm. down there. That's all that matters if you listen to Michael Lombardi, friend of Bill Belichick, and also been around the game for so long. That should be a blast. Mitch Morse will join us from the Buffalo Bills in about an hour or so. So to chit chat about the massive win yesterday where Josh Allen did a fake slot. Yeah, he did. Mm. Come on. I didn't see it at first. I was watching from a TV afar. Had baby girl oh, was dancing no. with her, mm -hmm. doing one of these, mm -hmm. dancing with her. I look over at the TV, and all I see is the freight train, Josh Allen, going for 52 yards in a tut. Now, right there where he stumbled and then went, people were saying that was a fake slot. Yep. People on the internet were saying that was a fake slot. He bamboozled the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, and the snow was flying as 40 to 50,000 people mm -hmm. were able to make it to their seats in Buffalo. Josh Allen taking advantage of what Josh Allen has, which is freak athleticism and speed, and a guy who's not worried about getting hit. No. Uh -uh. Josh Allen's a wagon, as are the Bills. We'll talk to Mitch Morris about that in about 57 minutes. The Toxic Table is here at Boston Connor and at Ty Schmidt. You're wearing a Lions shirt. Brand new Lions. Yeah. Hell yeah, Con man. Looks good. Is that your playoff team this year? Yep. No, no. My playoff oh. team is at home looking at the number three pick. So I don't have any other teams unless Bill Belichick was in the uh, you know in one of the buildings. But how, how are we feeling about your shirt so far this today? It huh? makes you feel good, Amy and Christy Bechtold, uh, right. daughters of Butch Bechtold, who gave me an interview about the power going out in Michigan again. Game, saying he's bummed out about it. I'm bummed out about a lot of things going on right now. A lot of people who have no idea who I am, have never met me, know nothing about me, Bingo. are saying a lot of things about me. That is, you know, comes with the territory of chit-chatting about sports every day. We're lucky for it, but every once in a while, I'm bummed out. Exactly. Bummed out. Yeah. I'm bummed out about it. One half of the hammer, down. Cowboys, Tony Diggs is here. Tony, you're bummed out. Steelers season's over. I am bummed out. Another year down, uh, another year without a playoff win. You know, 24-17, eight minutes left. Just needed to stop. Couldn't do it. Josh Allen answered like he always does. Yep, and now we just, you know, go into the offseason with a lot of questions, and we'll see what happens. Sounds like he's bummed out. He's bummed, bummed out. Man's not bummed out. Nine-year NFL vet. His team, the Miami Dolphins and the Philadelphia Eagles and right. the Los Angeles Chargers, right. all out of it. So now he's living stress-free. Ladies and gentlemen, Darius J. Baller. We got some great divisional matchups coming up. Football. Still got it for a few more weeks. So I'm, I'm far from bummed out. We got our most important games coming up. Oh, yeah. Up. We got oh, some. Yeah. High stakes. Oh, yeah. Right. We got some high drama. Right. We got a lot happening. Joining us now is a man who uh, is in an attic in Ohio. He turned 40 recently. He's a college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, the all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers. Ladies and gentlemen, man, he's never bummed out. No. A.J. Hawk. Yeah. Oh. A.J., Pittsburgh Steelers get their asses beat by the Buffalo Bills, which leads to one of the greatest press conference moments of all time. Here's Mike Tomlin uh, answering a question from Brooke Pryor about his future with the Steelers. Anyone? Mike, you have a year left on your contract. AJ? Okay. <laughs> Thoughts like 15 times. Gets better every time. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> he turns directly sideways. Uh -huh. Not even like a, all right, a tap. Uh -uh. It is a, well, completely <laughs> out of here. Which I love, the commitment to it. What are your thoughts on the Steelers losing to the Bills yesterday? And also, the Buffalonians and the Yenzers clearing out that stadium yeah. in such an epic fashion that they could watch the game. I couldn't believe when I turned the game on and I see, like, oh, this looks nothing like what we looked at 90 minutes before when you see just piles and piles of snow everywhere and you got all these people trudging through 
full rows trying to clean everything up. They did a really good job the last hour and a half that they had. They figured this out somehow. But, I mean, for the Steelers, I think Tony even said earlier, yeah, they fought. They, they, they tried to come back, make it a game, try to find a way to win this thing. They just started out horrendously. Mm-hmm. They didn't – what they either had a punt or turnover on all their, their first half possessions till the very last one. And thank goodness for them they actually scored going into half because it kind of gave them some, some hope, I guess. You bring up the punt. It was, uh, I think, cross winds like 25 miles an hour. Not easy to punt in there. Presley Harvin didn't have his best day, which certainly set up the Buffalo Bills a few Ew. different times. But I think his hamstrings are okay. Nice. Mm. Oh, there's something that's not great for uh, punters and kickers everywhere that happened in front of 25 million people, probably. Man. Sam Martin was running on a field about to make a big-time tackle, and a sniper that was maybe <laughs> elsewhere in western New York right. just sniped his, uh, oh, 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 no. Him carrying that hand warmer. <laughs> well, no hand warmer left behind, obviously, and uh, I've never seen a blocked kick go 50 yards backwards like yeah. this one did. Maybe a volleyball spike coming off the kick. And to be clear, Sam Martin. Why is th- he carrying it? Why is he carrying it? Because <laughs> it's like it. gold. No hand warmer left behind. That's the only one okay, yeah. You're going to let that thing there. get trampled? No way. To be clear, though, 34 years old, this late in the season, oh. I'd assume Sam Martin has not run a sprint in five to six months sure. since the offseason mm-hmm. Started. He was moving. Oh, yeah. He was moving a little bit too quick for that hammy, I don't think. Now, Sam Martin would go on to continue to. <laughs> <laughs> Sniped. Just ha! Happens to the best of us. <laughs> oh! Now, he was striding out, okay? Yep. Great athlete. Way to go, Sam. Attaboy, Sammy. Sam didn't need two hands either. No. He said, I'm going to need one. He was going to scoop. See? That's the whole thing that gets kind of forgotten about here. Is while he was running, he was going to scoop that ball one-handed. Boom. Just like that. Hand warmer in one hand. Ball in the other. And then he was going to... LaShawn McCoy. Uh-huh. He's ball. actually going to throw the hand warmer up at somebody. Dummy. That's not the yep. ball. Yep. He was going to go. That would have been sweet. <laughs> okay, now I'm, now I'm fine with it. That was that was that probably yes. was his plan. Yeah, juke, juke. Oh, throw it up in the air. Get him distracted right by him. Throw there it the go. face. Get it stuck on a helmet. Yep. Oh, ah, <laughs> gotcha. Boom. And then he's going to the end zone. Now, we saw the speed. Yeah. He got there faster yeah. than anybody. He would have been able to break away as long as he gets through that first line mm-hmm. of defense. Probably but instead, you know, somebody throws one of those ice balls and hits him right in the hamstring. You can't yeah, see it on the screen because the cannon. This was rookie of the year from the outfield. Yeah, Rowan yeah. Gardner. Rowan Gardner to home plate mm-hmm. with an ice ball that just, boom, snipes him right in the hamstring, and he's down. A lot of people are saying a lot of, a lot of negative things about Sam Walton. not fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guy's going through it. I pulled my hamstring in the Thunderdome just a few Bingo. weeks ago. It's easy to do. It's not It's not fun no. if that's what happened to him. But he did go on to punt a 45-yarder later in the game. He did go on to wow. hold. So I assume he'll just... Go about his business. And get to do it. Thanks for being so damn tough, Sam. Thanks, Go, Sam. Sam. Thanks for being so damn tough. Speaking of tough, Josh Allen playing this way. Nobody, right? I mean, nobody wants to see that. That's kind of what we've always said about Josh Allen. When he's playing his best ball and when the Buffalo Bills are humming and they got Stephon Diggs involved early, five catches, I think, in like the first two drives. Smart decision by Joe mm-hmm. Brady to sure. do that so we don't even get into it. Kincaid was making magic. And obviously the offensive line was able to give Josh Allen time and space. It's like, And James was cooking. I mean, like, this Buffalo Bills team has won how many straight? Uh, six straight games since losing to the Eagles in overtime. Hot at the right time. Now they're hosting Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City Chiefs. It's like, who wants to see this dude, this thing, this thing right here, play football right now? Nobody, AJ, legitimately. 
No, and think about it. I think moving forward, too, since whether you think that was a fake slide or not, I don't know. I think he, he may have thought he was going to slide and realized, like, nah, I don't need to. I'm just going to chop my feet. There we go. What a great move. And he move. slipped. Yeah, it's a fake slide. And he slipped. I was just a little janky cut. That's what I'm saying. Quarterbacks are tough to tackle in open field, especially yeah. ones like him. Especially who, giants like him. Yeah, yeah, not afraid to get Jeez. hit. He can juke you. He can run you over. So you have all those different thoughts, especially in cold weather. I think it was like a little eat, eat. And if you even, if the knee is on the ground and you even think about it, that's like 15 immediately. So it's tough. I do believe there's a chance that it was a little icy, a little slick. Josh Allen, he is big. We talked yeah. about how big he big, is. Yeah. It might have been a little bit of, uh, oh, 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 went to cut, gets the bounce back. Oh, I'm going to score a touchdown. I'm an explosive athlete. But D-Bud, this Bills team, everything we said about them last year, and the year before that, it's like I'm bringing it right back to the forefront. This Bills team has it. They got the energy. Feels like they're playing for each other. Had some injuries, obviously, last mm-hmm. night, which we don't certainly love at all. Yeah. Bernard going down is a big deal, mm-hmm. especially yeah. at that particular yep. position. But they found a way. It's like this is the team that we thought this team could be right now, and they're hotter than ever. Yeah, hotter than ever. And, and that job, you get the full Josh Allen experience. And when he's playing his best ball, only he can kind of stop himself by making you know a bonehead throw here or there. we all seen Zero it. Zero turnovers yesterday. That's what I'm saying. So that you get the good Josh Allen. Obviously, has the arm to make all the throws almost regardless of the weather. Remember that game when they played uh, Mac Jones and, and, and the Patriots, and I think Mac maybe threw it once or twice, and he probably threw it 25 times. Three. So him, uh, Patrick Mahomes, kind of yeah. in that same level when it comes to that. But what he can do mobility-wise just separates him. And then Kincaid coming along as that receiver uh, down, downhill knocks. Diggs, you know, obviously you said getting him involved. I would like to see him even more involved, especially like short. The, yeah, the intermediate game. And he tried one deep. Uh, it almost got picked off for um, this was a bad you know, targeting him down to the touchdown. But he, he's an absolute weapon. But big, big, big injuries. Obviously lost Milano earlier. Then Bernard was probably their best linebacker healthy, losing him. Rasul Douglas, hopefully you get him back uh, next week at home against the Gabe Chiefs. Davis also, maybe? Yeah, Gabe Davis sure. banged maybe. up. He was out. Rap, you know, Taylor Rapp is out, mm-hmm. so. Banged up for sure. Now the third straight, or not third straight, third time Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen will be facing each other in the playoffs. First time ever in Buffalo. Now, obviously, both teams had to play in cold as shit game. Not mm-hmm. as cold as Kansas City. No. No, no. Kansas City negative 27 when Patrick Mahomes just Yeah. People dropping like flies out there. Didn't Did, move the game. Regular day. Bro, just think about that. Hand. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. I walked outside earlier today. Thought the DoorDash person went to the wrong gate. Oh, it's not dude. even below zero. I came back in like <laughs> legit. Like, oh, I'm, that's unbelievable. And you even hit a helmet, mate. Oh. Like, any of at negative twenty. Tua, we saw what's happening with Tua. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Tua. Okay, let's get that. All right, yeah. Yeah. let's get that. You know what I mean? Let's get that. Okay, all right. And we're punting. All right, I am <laughs> out of here. But it's like Patrick Mahomes and the boys—they just played standard. Yeah. Hey, it's seventy-five and sunny yeah. all of a sudden. It's like him. Patrick Mahomes has been counted out this year. Josh Allen been counted out this Mm -hmm. year. Both of them now running into each other again. It's a beautiful thing. You know, they had that handshake, I believe, after the last time they played in the playoffs. And uh, I think think Josh told Patrick Mahomes, or Patrick told Josh, like, hey, this is going to happen again. It is. This is the Peyton and Tom of the AFC. This is what it has become. And both of these teams were not supposed to make it this far if you listen to any of the chatter or watch them play this year, to be clear. They earned the chatter that was taking place about the Kansas City Chiefs Mm -hmm. and the Buffalo Bills this year. Let's go ahead and make that clear. We all agree that that was the case. I was making excuses for the Chiefs a lot. 
Sure. While everybody else is saying a lot of things. Sure. And Buffalo Bills, I think we were even trying to make excuses for them as well because we love the team and how good they are and how good they've been to us. But they did not look like the two teams that we had come to learn from those two. Now, most important football, eight teams left. They're playing their best ball. We should have expected this all along, AJ. We got to remember this for next year if we're somehow still doing a show. Which seemingly yeah, TBD, is going to be well, TBD. Day by day. Day by day. Like Dwight Kelsey said before, day by day, you take it each day, one day at a time. But I'm having a great time doing it while we're here. Hey, me but too. But it, it, was a lot it of made shit me think, him. yeah, well, it, it made me think of uh, everyone worried, oh, can Patrick Mahomes play on the road in the playoffs? Is that something you, would you ever give any thought to that? Would you ever worry about that? It's not like he's coming up from, you know, South Florida and never played in the cold. We've watched this dude play in all conditions. I love the fact that. Like, Patrick Mahomes, I don't know what the record is, but with his mentality and the way he operates, like, going into Buffalo and... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. That it's would be like a Patrick out. Mahomes. Yeah. That feels like a Patrick Mahomes-type character. It, For it, sure. In my eyes, just the way he is, his competitiveness and how he goes about doing his stuff. He's a shit-talker. Yeah. You know he's a shit-talker, documented on quarterback. For mm-hmm. sure. He actually shit-talks about his shit-talk. That's how you know he's a real shit-talker, which we learned in quarterback. It's like, we're in for a good one in Buffalo. And how lucky are we that these two are doing their thing? Also, I don't think it really matters. I mean, like, the Chiefs are kind of, I mean, you know, say what you want about, like, being the new Patriots. Like, kind of everyone in the NFL, if you aren't a Chiefs fan, hates them because they continually win. So when they go on the road, like, well, people are loud. And I'm just saying, like, they're loud. They're they're getting everyone's best shot. Fans always know. And it's also going to be, it's going to be 40 degrees warmer in Buffalo. Like, well, yeah, swag surfing, obviously. I mean, that's you like that. <laughs> that's potentially but, like, why people, people like hate the Chiefs as well. But even before oh, that, that, I think people are Swifty. Really? I think you add that into the mix of they're great. Travis, now they're star players dating the most famous woman on earth. Absolutely. It's like, oh, they're doing this. They look like they're having a blast. Donna Kelsey's even dancing. She's loving She's it. having a time of her life. Yeah. Even with Pat, I think, you know, he's like one of the hey, most likable hey, athletes on the hey, planet. But then go. people were starting to say, like, oh, his brother and his wife. And, like, that's kind of st- – that was, like, almost getting, you know, put on him a little bit. Like, so he's – He's he's aware of that kind of stuff. He knows how to deal with it. And again, like I think it it benefits them that they just played in one of the coldest games ever. So yeah, it's on the road, but like they might as well be going to Miami next week in Buffalo. Now, do we worry about this? And obviously, we like the Miami Dolphins. Okay, they were fun to watch this year. It's a fun story. They stunk. Yep. Against the Chiefs, they were cold. They they stunk. They were freezing their ass. Like, but that might have been the game that the Chiefs needed. Like, yeah. you know, I think, AJ, was it you that said it only takes one game? And I think Aaron has said before, like, one play it really could yeah. potentially need to happen to kind of click it on. Are we worried that how bad the Miami Dolphins play <laughs> didn't give us, like, a proper reality of what the Chiefs are? Nah, Dolphins were banged up, too. Uh, but, no, nah, the Chiefs the Chiefs are the Chiefs, as you say. And uh, Pacheco, but the Chiefs is the Chiefs. So, Pacheco run the ball that he's been run, like he's been running it. AQ has talked about their O-line playing better. Their defense has been Really good all year long. Uh, especially, I love you know the back end with Snead and McDuffie and those guys. Ooh, uh, that back, jam. Yeah, oh, yeah. They, they got some, just dogs across the board. And then Tyreek too. Yeah, Tyreek. Oh yeah, again, great it, tweet. If you see that picture, <laughs> yeah. Tyreek got yep. his damn hands in his hand warmer before the snap. But it, it was it was cold as hell out there. But um, yeah, yeah. I, lo- I, I love I love what the Chiefs got. Even the play callers, Spags, mm-hmm. Andy Reid. Like, yeah. I mean, you trust those guys in any game, any situation. We're getting a stat from the back. Uh, you talk about it being cold. It was colder than hell. Uh, Fourth quarter game, I guess 15 people got taken to the hospital for hypothermia. Oh, I don't doubt it. Shit. And then Tyreek's out there like, get me out of here. Yeah. And then Snead, wah, wah. 
jam my ass to Cancun. <laughs> now, I don't know exactly what that means, but I think it means he's he's gone to Cancun, Mexico. <laughs> yeah, he's gone. So. I think he's in Cancun, Mexico. Oh, yeah. Yep. Tyreek Hill has uh, quickly become one of the most entertaining humans mm-hmm. yeah. in See his the lips? He posted it. Well, I don't know I, what that meant. How y'all let me go out there? <laughs> what do you? I don't know what that meant. <laughs> you don't know what it meant? I... I should not talk no, about it. No, you don't even you shouldn't even comment on it. I did not see the tweet. Actually. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? AJ, you should not either. We no did not way. See. I don't know. I'm asking D but I yeah, have no D-Bot, idea. What are we... Oh, you guys don't know? I don't you know what you're talking about. Don't know about what? We're familiar with black guys? Whoa! Uh, Whoa! Dare I don't see race! Alright, well if you ever see my <laughs> lips ashy, tell A D but you know, hit the no, Chapsack, you the said what? ashy the is the word you mm-hmm. said? Never heard that. I don't know what that means. Can you please elaborate what the word ashy means? I don't know. <laughs> I've never. What's so funny? That's What's so flat. funny? What's so funny, D-Butts? D-Butts is not I a laughing stop. matter. Y'all got to stop. Oh, okay. Right. I would never oh, comment on your physical and, and, appearance, D-Butts. Yeah, D-Butts, I think you look good no matter how your lips look. Yeah. <laughs> Even no if you're a slob. No, yeah, if you eat French toast every day and somehow mm-hmm. get more ripped and more mm-hmm. jacked. That's disgusting, by the way, that that happens. Such bull. This dude walked in here with so French good. toast in his pockets. Yes. <laughs> he really? Yeah. yeah. I yep, sniffed it. Had to go yep. up a shirt. He got another six pack somehow. Mm-hmm. I, it makes no sense what's taking Delicious place. too. Anyways. Egg whites. Though. I did see the tweet, but I was looking for the translation to know what the hell it meant. Right. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> All right. I guess I, that can't be my new thing. That cannot be. No. But one time. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, good. Well, one good day. Game. One day. Yeah. I guess we're allowed to get, uh, get on with it. But. Dolphins did not play great. Chiefs don't care. That could have been the game that got them all systems go. Defense played great. Offense played great. Uh, great. Had to ad- uh, battle adversity as well. It's like, here we go. Andy Reid's snort, mm-hmm. frozen on his mustache. That's awesome. I mean, it is mm-hmm. It is a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful time for football. Speaking of football, there's interviews happening all over the place, AJ. Have you seen this? A couple of them, yeah. I hear Bill in Atlanta. How'd that one go? Yeah, that's three and a half hours. We don't know how it went behind closed doors, but we do know that it definitely happened. And this has been something that has been talked about for like the last week. Yep. Like, hey, we're here in Atlanta. We're here in Atlanta. Well, joining us now, Atlanta Falcon legend, a man who lives in Atlanta and in college at Louisville. Uh-huh. Absolute dog. dog. Ladies and gentlemen, Harry Douglas. Hey. What's up, Harry? What's up, fellas? How y'all doing, man? Okay, life is good. Thank you for joining us. How Louisville Cardinals? What are we doing? We're all, we're, we're, we were good this year, right? We're back with the Broncos. Yeah. Yep, Jeff Brom got things uh, up to par in Louisville. I'm glad they were able to hire someone who's from there, played there, coached there previously. So he understands, you know, what the city means, what the city wants, but also what that program is supposed to be. You know, Pat, we played against each other. I played against D. Bud in college. Yeah, sir. we know. Yeah, yeah, we've heard. Yeah, were you? Were you? Yeah, yeah we've heard uh-huh. how that one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know any stories from mine. We had, we had some good battles. Yeah, one in a flowing COVID time. Yeah, definitely not. He would have been put in jail. That's yeah. right. Oh yeah. If it was COVID time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that's a nice throwback to the program. Uh, were you there during the blackout game Thursday night football? Yeah. Yep. So that's like what Louisville can be, you know, like the, in my eyes. Now, not that it wasn't whenever Lamar was playing and Malik was playing and everything like that, but I got a chance to experience it. Yeah, I think you guys were five. We were three, I think it mm-hmm. is what it was. And it was packed out. Muhammad Ali was there. Damn. I mean, you're talking about like insane culture. I know Braun was there as well. So it's like bringing them back is good for Louisville. Mm-hmm. Congrats to the Cardinals seemingly getting it right yeah. whenever it comes to coaching hiring. Now, speaking of coaching hiring, why is Bill Belichick thinking about going to Atlanta, you think? I, this, this, honestly, 
genuinely, <laughs> has been a question of mine because we watch what this Atlanta Falcons team has been. Obviously, we went down to Georgia uh, to do a show on a Friday before college game day, and we talked to Artie Smith. He was getting booed out of there. Yep. Artie Smith almost leads him back to win the NFC South. He inevitably loses. You know, Why do you think Atlanta is a place that Bill Belichick wants to go? And what are your thoughts as a guy who lives in Atlanta, is a Falcons guy, about Bill Belichick potentially being the Atlanta Falcons head coach, GM, whatever the hell he wants to be? I would say the upside. You look at the young talent that they have on this team. You start on the offensive side of the ball when you look at Bijan Robinson. And also, they got a guy in Tyler Azier. But the, the year before Bijan got there, he rushed for 1,000 yards. You have Kyle Pitts, John Smith. He was once with Bill Belichick in New England. Uh, had a de- really, really good year this season at the tight end position. You got Drake London. That offensive line is intact. But you go over to the defensive side of the ball. And Kate Ellis, man, he had a phenomenal season. Uh, for the for the Atlanta Falcons came over from the New Orleans Saints, but you see Jesse Bates was able to make the Pro Bowl for the Atlanta Falcons. There's so much upside on this football team. I think the only position where they really need to get you know right and have some consistency is the quarterback position, and that's been the story for the last two years. So they have a top ten pick, right? I think it's like eight or nine. Yep. They have other picks that they could potentially move up at. That spot, you think they get the quarterback, you assume, and would Bill Belichick just take over everything? Is that kind of what you're thinking Blank is thinking down there? Just something to get us back in good graces of the entire NFL? Well, I I couldn't see Bill Belichick taking any job without having some say-so in what the roster construction is and what that roster actually looks like. So if if he's going to sign with the Atlanta Falcons and become the next head coach, I would think he would, you know, have some say in, you know, what players are coming in and, the, who, who they're drafting and what positions or whatnot. But with the eighth overall pick, I think everything is on the table right now when you look at this football team. You look at the NFC South period, right? And if you're, if you have decent quarterback play, you have an opportunity to win this division. We've seen the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and what Baker did last night. Um, once you get into the dance, man, you have a chance. You, anything is possible. So I say they can trade up and potentially get the quarterback of their liking, or they can look on the open market free agency and see what quarterback they can potentially get or also what quarterback they can trade for. So there are a lot of different options at number eight for the Atlanta Falcons. I just want them being, you know, playing in this organization, living here in Atlanta, growing up a Falcons fan. There has to be consistency at the quarterback position. There are entirely too many times where I'm watching games this year in the quarterback position I mean, I know it's a team game, but there are too many mistakes at key moments, especially in the red zone for the Atlanta Falcons last year. And then it led to Arthur Smith uh-huh. doing this on his sideline with his play sheet and being demonstrative and yep. inevitably getting fired. Speaking of the NFC South, Baker Mayfield obviously had a night that no Buccaneer quarterback has ever had in the playoffs, even Tom Brady. The Saints have fired offense coordinator Pete Carmichael. So whenever you talk about the NFC South, it's just a constant state of seemingly turnover for these last couple years. Maybe it will become the right spot for him. Go ahead, AJ. Harry, uh, pivoting to the uh... The Tampa Bay Bucks and their defense last night. Let's say you're playing offense against these guys. I know RG3's got a thing going on with Jay Gruden. They're kind of bickering back and forth about what they may have had. If you're playing receiver, what do you got to do? Like these guys are bringing so much heat. Even when they don't, they're just getting so much pressure on Jalen Hurts. What do his receivers need to do? What needs to be in that offense to kind of relieve some of that pressure for Jalen? 
Well, I would say this. Watching that game last night, well, before the game even started, I knew what Todd Bowles and company was going to do with their defensive principles and playing against Todd Bowles a ton while I was playing in the National Football League. You're going to see pressure. So for the Philadelphia Eagles to go out there and not have a plan, and we've seen that versus Dan Quinn and the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. We've seen that versus Wink Martindale and the New York Giants the last game of the year. To me, it's coaching malpractice because – there, there's ample time for you to be able to go over the blitz, walk through it. Um, I remember times when I was playing with Matt Ryan, we took the blitz very, very seriously. And we used to have one of our coaches go over the blitz on Wednesdays. We would go over it on Thursdays, Fridays, and then on Saturday mornings, we would meet before meetings. Me, Roddy White, Tony Gonzalez, Julio Jones, to go over certain things uh, that we wanted to do versus the blitz and certain looks. So I think it's coaching malpractice to go out there that many times and allow the same type of blitzes to get you over and over and over again. Can you say that crew of weapons again that you guys would meet with? You? Jeez. Roddy White. It was Tony, Julio Jones, Tony Gonzalez, and we knew. Oh, no. They're throttling him. Oh, no. Totally. Why are they throttling him? I don't know why they're throttling him. He's mid-freeze there, too. Hey, you're back. You're back, Harry. Yeah. You're back, Harry. They froze you right in the middle of that because they thought no team should have that many weapons. <laughs> you, Tony Gonzalez, Julio Jones, Roddy White, Harry Douglas, Matt Ryan. What? Who else? Yep. Who was running back well, yeah, on that team? Michael Turner. Oh, oh Turner. my gosh. Damn. Michael DeBerner Turner. Yep. Yeah, that dude is a stud. Yeah. We, yeah. We had squads. What? Yeah. That, hell yeah. You absolutely did. Not but, but, but let me say this, though, Pat. Go like, ahead. all, we had two offensive coordinators. We had Mike Malarkey, and we also had Dirk Cutter. Listen, what I mean, we went over the blitz over and over and over and over again. So situations like we seen last night or we seen with the Philadelphia Eagles on numerous of occasions during the regular season didn't occur. Hey, so here's actually a stat to talk about what you just talked about. Hembo sent me this. Hembo's a weapon, by the way. You've got a chance to enjoy Hembo. Oh, I love Hembo. Love Hembo. Hembo makes us sound a lot smarter. But oh. anytime he does, we just tell him. Hey, this is a hembo brain thing. In their last four games, Jalen was blitzed 68 times, not blitzed 55 times. So since Bosa pretty much said, like, hey, Jalen is watching the rush. He's watching the pressure. It's like defense coordinators like, all right, this is what we got to do. And it seemingly worked. Have you ever had to deal with the change of a coordinator and uh, whatever you were playing in the middle of like a great run because Shane Steichen being taken out of there is seemingly what killed the Philadelphia Eagles offense this year. They lose Jason Kelsey. They're going to probably have to figure that whole thing out again. Is it findable for them again, you think? Oh, man. Um, it's rough. But let me say this. I think Shane Steichen meant so much to that football team, Pat. We see what he was able to do with the Indianapolis Colts and putting players in the proper positions to become successful. Right. That's your job as an offensive coordinator, as a defensive coordinator, put guys in the proper positions to be successful. And when you look at Brian Johnson and not to knock on him, like I, like I said earlier, like I think it's coaching malpractice to not have a certain plan versus the blitz to not have certain route concepts. We used to run two man wheel, three man wheel. We used to run, you know, DBs across the field where they're running to each other. We just had so many different things, the screen game. And then we had counters off of the screen game. You know, just a simple under concept where you got three to one side and you got a, a, a 12 yard in cut by number three. You got two unders. That's a simple blitz beater. You can't let teams sit there and play cover zero at will 
And at the house, we used to kill teams that did that. Yeah, they didn't punish anybody down the stretch nope, you know, for anything, no. leaving anybody kind of available. Tone has a question for you, Harry. Yeah, Harry, I wanted to ask you about Penix because you saw him in person uh, in the semifinal. We saw him in the national championship, and he, he didn't look as good as he did in the semifinal, and that Michigan defense was unbelievable. But how do you think he translates to the NFL? Yeah, I think he's going to have a phenomenal career. Career. You talk about a guy who's not the normal rookie coming into the National Football League because he's a little older. But, you know, we talk about pocket presence. He has it. He definitely showed that um, consistently versus the Texas Longhorn. But to be able to put the football where he wants it to be, where only his guy is able to catch it, ball placement, throwing with anticipation, and – you know, most defenders call jump balls 50-50 balls, where receivers, we call them 100-100 balls, baby, because we feel like we're going to come down with it at all times. But for him to give his receivers a chance at those footballs, you see a lot of times, and we've seen on the last play of the game for, for the Texas Longhorns, Quinn Ewers actually threw the ball too far, a little bit out of bounds, and, you know, made it a tough catch for A.D. Mitchell. Well, Michael Penix isn't doing that. The ball placement and never looking at the rush, always keeping his eyes downfield, but throwing lasers, throwing darts. So I think the young man is going to have a bright future. And I, if he gets past the top 10, look at teams, even though Tampa is doing well right now, look at teams like Tampa. Look at teams like the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, he played right there in Seattle that could potentially get a guy like Michael Penix and reset you know, their, their, their future and their franchise. I love getting to learn about Penix, too. And you see what all he's gone through, obviously, with ACL, two of those injuries and transferring and coming back and then getting all the way to the natty and their offense playing their worst game. Like, that is just – that's a heartbreaker. I assume he's going to continue to be an incredibly motivated guy. Can't wait to see how he goes into the NFL. Speaking of that team, though, Kalen DeBoer and Grubb are taking that offense to Alabama. Ooh. Okay? They, yeah. They, Look out. McMillan, Polk. And Roma Dunze, obviously super talents. Dogs. But I think all of them would say, hey, this offense has really treated us yeah. pretty good. That's going to be an incredible recruiting tool, I think, oh, yeah. for Kalen DeBoer down there, especially with Jalen Milrow, Milrow, who had the highest completion percentage of balls 20-plus yards or deeper down there. It's like, I feel like that was a perfect hire. I, honestly, following Saban's <laughs> footsteps, mm-hmm. unless they're going to hire within, which I would have been completely cool with, but if you're going to hire anybody out there, that feels like the right one in my eyes, uh, but who knows how it'll work out. Conman has a question for you. Yeah, Harry, speaking on the quarterbacks in the draft, you mentioned, you know, kind of later on Penix falling there, but you mentioned Atlanta, you know, not really having a quarterback right now. So are there any guys that you would say as a Falcons fan that you look at and you just say, God, that boy, bad, (laughs) that you want them to (laughs) trade up for perhaps and maybe, you know, make a move in those top three, top four picks? Hail to the yes, and it's Jaden Daniels, the guy that won the Heisman Trophy winner, uh, that won the Heisman Trophy this year. And it's because he's a dual-threat guy, right? He uh, he can make all the passes with his arm, but utilizing his leg. In today's football, you got to be able to u- utilize your legs and be able to extend plays and make plays in, in those regards. And I think, you know, Jaden Daniels is a, is a perfect guy and a perfect fit for Atlanta, especially with their personnel that they have offensively. Right? Can you imagine him in an offense that has B. John Robinson and Tyler Azier and Cal Pitts and John New Smith and that offensive line and Drake London? It'd be phenomenal. I think it would be impossible to stop, honestly. Uh, everybody wants Jaden Daniels. Yeah. That, that is the hot name. Now, obviously, Caleb Williams just declared for the draft yesterday. Congrats on an incredible college career, Caleb. And now mm-hmm. Drake May, everybody, I think once people meet Drake May and they see how big he is, he's like 6'5, they're going to say, I know. This is Josh Allen. This is. 
it's the next Josh Allen. And without Josh Allen's playing, they're going to hype him. But, like, Herbstreit came on the program whenever I was up at Army-Navy. And he was like, when people talk to Jaden Daniel, it's going to be a game changer. Like, he's going to skyrocket up there. Because I guess his football IQ is also through the roof. It's like, what a perfect prospect. But there's only three of those guys, they're saying. Yep. Who else will potentially get him? Who, what team will change forever? Will it be? Ty Schmidt has a question for you, Harry. Well, yeah, Harry. So if they don't get one of those guys, uh, a lot of people have kind of been maybe making the connection to, like, Justin Fields. Uh, the Bears having the first overall pick kind of forces their hand. Are they going to draft Caleb? Are they maybe going to trade back? I know he played at Georgia before he went to Ohio State. I think he's from the Atlanta area. Do you think he would potentially be a guy that the Falcons would circle, especially with the way I mean, he played better down the stretch and then kind of all of his limitations, I guess, maybe came out in that Week 18 game against the Packers? Uh, do you think J- Justin Fields would be a guy that the Falcons would potentially go after? Yeah, 100%. Because, guys, listen, when you looked at this team in 2023 – there are a lot of games they actually should have won if the quarterback position was better. I think if Justin Fields was the quarterback, actually, they would have won a lot of those games and actually would have made the playoffs this season. But I think you gotta, you gotta, you gotta see who the offensive coordinator is going to be. I think that's pivotal, you know, in who you decide who your next quarterback is going to be as well, because you don't want an offensive coordinator that's not going to be able to utilize Justin Fields and his skill set to the best of, you know, his abilities or their abilities as coaches. So I think offensive coordinator and who you bring in um, in that position plays a major part in who you pursue at the quarterback position for the Atlanta Falcons. Hey, your backdrop looks really cool. Wow. I'll let you know. It's like, because it's kind of blurry, but you can definitely see. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and the Cardinal, look at the Cardinal just sitting over his head. Mm-hmm. Couple Sweet. trophies. Yeah, what are all the trophies? What are, all, what are all the trophies we got there, Harry? So these two right behind me, um, Louisville Offensive Player of the Year 2006, 2007. Five. The Cardinal the cardinal Bird that you see above of me, and then the, the clear one to my left is um, Hall of Fame. I went to Louisville Sports Hall oh, of Fame. That's pretty cool. No big deal. That's, that's pretty cool. Hell yeah. That's a Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn right. You guys were problems. Came to the Big East. Mm-hmm. That was a big deal. Yeah. Brahm and the boys are coming into the Big East, and then immediately. Hey, Pat, as a, as a matter of fact, you know, when we played at West Virginia, you know, against us, that's when that Steve Slayton, Pat White oh, yeah. situation started. <laughs> Remember, we knocked the starting quarterback out. Oh, yeah. And and, and, and Pat White came in. and Who was the starter? You know. Bednarik. Adam Bednarik was the starter. Uh, he was a senior, I believe redshirt senior. He had a vastly different style yeah, than sure. Pat White. Is that right? And, oh, yeah. Uh, and when, yep. Pat, when Pat White came in, I think – First or second play, gone right against you guys. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think yep. it, it was awesome. I want to let you know. I it was. Know. It, it, it was one of those things where you're like, damn, we did not the starter out, but we wish we would have kept the starter in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And on the sideline, we were all like, all right, all right, free uh, pumps. We got a guy here, and then that would lead. I think that went to a triple overtime or four overtime game yeah. against you guys, right? That was kind of the start of the whole. Sure thing. did. Who won? I got hit with a battery, though, by one of your fans, too, up there in West Virginia. Oh, good old Morgan Town. West Virginia. <laughs> Blue Green Mountain. Shenandoah <laughs> Yeah, let's throw a battery at you. And that night, um, a lot of couches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was when it kind of started, actually. Triple overtime. That was my freshman year. Uh, yeah, we ended yep. up winning that game. What did you guys do after? You just stay in, kind of hang out? <sighs> yeah. I shut it down out there. I know that. <laughs> I certainly, uh, I certainly got after it. Yeah, yeah. As the whole team did, could imagine. Which is why I think like our team was one that people would have loved because yeah. we, we did enjoy 
you know, whenever we had a good time. You guys did the Manziel, win or lose. You still booed. Yeah, but we weren't as, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, we had a good time. Morgantown <laughs> yeah. was a great place, but that rivalry with Louisville was beautiful. I didn't know you were a Hall of Famer, though. No, Congratulations. Yeah. That's fantastic. Obviously earned it, and deserved. AJ has a question for you, Harry. Harry, what about uh, Harbaugh? We heard he's uh, interviewed with the Chargers. Do you think that's a, a natural fit? And do you think, like, what are the odds that he comes back to Michigan? Uh, I actually th- think it is a fit. When you look at Justin Herbert, uh, well, first let me start with Harbaugh. He's won everywhere he's been, right? And there's this connection with his players and being able to get the best out of them that he's been able to do at every stop he's been, whether it's the National Football League or college. Now, I think you see J.J. McCarthy just declared for the NFL draft. They have a lot of other guys that are going to be on NFL rosters on that team as well. I think this is the perfect, you know, opportunity and the time for Jim Harbaugh uh, to, you know, depart himself and go back to the National Football League and, and see if he can recreate something that he did when he was with the San Francisco 49ers, right? Remember, he won Coach of the Year in his first year. And in 2012, they beat us in the NFC Championship game in Atlanta to go on to the Super Bowl before he lost to his brother. Uh, but he's had a, had a phenomenal ride on this on this coaching trail that he's been on. And I think him and Justin Herbert would be a great fit. Also, the other pieces. Now, here's a part about the, the charges that a lot of people aren't talking about. They're going to have some cap situations coming up. And they got some older players as well. So, you know, how you maneuver that and – who you keep, who you get rid of, that, that's, some, that's something to be said for, too. We're talking about Jim Harbaugh obviously being a phenomenal NFL coach, also a phenomenal college mm-hmm. coach, clearly uh, national champion. Petrino gave it a shot, speaking of those old Louisville teams. <laughs> Saban gave it a shot. I mean, there's a lot of college coaches that have tried to go to the NFL and haven't had success. Why do you think Harbaugh has been able to at both levels, Harry? He's able to adapt. He's able to adapt, and, and that's been the problem for a lot of college coaches going to the National Football League. Listen, you can't talk to me like you talk to college kids. Hell, I make more money than you. So it's a respect <laughs> thing that you need to have when you leave college going into the National Football League, and I think Jim Harbaugh understands that. He, he treats everyone with the utmost respect. And something I've seen, not just this year, but his entire time while at Michigan, though, Pat, is the ability to instill confidence in his players and, and put his players on a pedestal. But at the same time, keep it real with them. But you notice when he wasn't there, and I, th- I thought it was an indictment on you know his the culture that he built and his coaching style because no one in that program wavered from coaches down to players to the damn water boy to the trainers. One band, one sound. Everybody was in unison with one another, whether Hallball was there on the sidelines or, or whether he, he wasn't there, right? So I think that, that speaks a lot to the culture that he's able to build everywhere that he coaches. Yeah, I love the way he operates as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, the interview. He, yes, gave he, me, he, he does this still in 2024. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> like, I, I did not know that still happened. Nope. I had no idea it still happened. He did it to me. I'm like... Hell yeah. <laughs> right back at you. Back to you. He's always himself. I think he's transparent and authentic to himself, too, which players in college and in the NFL appreciate. Like, if you're the same guy every single day, people are going to appreciate that. And I think he has always done that. And I asked him like three different times, both on college game day and in the sit down. I'm like, why do you think your team was able to handle all this distraction? Because to your point, one band, one sound, they were moving. Mm-hmm. Like he said, we just wake up every day trying to dominate the day. I don't even, geez, I don't even. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know how to answer that question. Just, yeah, you wake up, try to dominate today, and you go to bed, and then you just you try to dominate 
Run it back. The next day. And it's like, it's literally as easy as that to him. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. not like, hey, this isn't a complex answer here. This is just, this is what we do here. Everywhere he's been, that's how it's done. And that's why everybody wants him back. You familiar with that movie? One band, one sound? Yeah, you know, I I was going to ask about it. Sounds like (laughs) this is a a drumline situation. Sure. Maybe. And uh, Oh, look at you, Pat. Okay. Oh, oh, is that right? <laughs> oh. I, I don't know. Was that was that right? Couldn't have been. Wow. You know, I've actually been to a battle of the bands uh, down in Jackson State. No, you have. You almost no, you one. have. Yeah, yes, he, yes, he, no, yes, he did. We we were there together, so he did go. Whoa, he whoa, did, oh, whoa, oh, together? Is that real? I didn't, whoa, what? <laughs> whoa! I didn't know that. There were a couple Watts in the band, mm-hmm. I will say. But other than that, I was one of the only <laughs> in the entire area. That was a blast. That was an absolute. I remember that. That was a really good time. <laughs> yeah, that was a uh, – uh, listen, I can't read the music either, but I can play it. Darius has a question for hey, you. Harry? Speaking of one band, one sound, these Packers, uh, they're rolling. And their team, you know, don't have necessarily a number one receiver, you know. And I want to ask you, obviously, it's been a receiver. Is there a difference when you're running routes, the game plan, when you don't have that guy who is always going to be kind of the premier guy in the progression? Uh, are they running routes different, maybe more tempo, more pace, more energy? How is that as a receiver when you know anybody can get the ball at any time? Well, I'll say normally you would like for it to be one guy that you can count on at any given moment, especially when the crunch time comes. But I think for them, man, and most of their receivers in year one or year two, and I said this last year, and I said it this offseason before the season started, that receiver group that they have, they're going to be the best in the National Football League in about two years. Mark my word. They have about five or six of the guys right now that just balls out. And you look at Romeo Dobbs. Things started a little rough for him, but now he's catching on. Kristen Watson the only day, other day only had one catch but nine yards, and he's supposed to be deemed as the number one guy. But Dontavian Wicks, I, I covered him when he was at Virginia. Uh, Bo Melton. Uh, Bo, Bo Melton came out of nowhere, but I think it also speaks – to the coaching staff and being able to get these guys to play at a high level. Was it rough early? Yes, but you've seen the potential. And I think those young receivers in Jordan Love being able, and I would say tight ends too, because they have two rookie tight ends. Those guys being able to grow together, they're going to be hell to deal with down the line, man. So if you're going to get them, you better get them now because it's going to be hard to get them later on. All right, Harry, eight teams left. Obviously, the number ones are getting a chance to do their thing mm-hmm. this weekend uh, in San Fran and Baltimore. Who do you like? Do you just like the hottest team? Do you like the team that has the, the right matchups to make it to the Super Bowl? What are your thoughts here with the final eight? Yeah, I'll start with the Baltimore Ravens and the Houston Texans game. I actually watched that first game that they played this year. The teams are totally different right now at this juncture in the season. But I love the way the Houston Texans brought brought the blitz, right? Petrie at the safety position, he came on a lot of blitzes, were able to get home. But on the flip side of that, the Baltimore Ravens and the way they blitz, you know, C.J. Stroud. So I want to see him in this matchup. I do like Baltimore in that one. Uh, Kansas City and the Buffalo Bills. This is an intriguing matchup because these two teams recently just played. But you look at the kryptonite for Josh Allen in the playoffs, it's been Joe Burrow. It's been, you know, Patrick Mahomes. Defensively, I think Buffalo had a few more guys go down. So I, I ultimately, I think Kansas City is going to go ahead and take that one because of their defense and how good they've been playing. But Rasheed Rice, talk about young cats. Love the way he's stepping up. Detroit versus Tampa. Uh, the Detroit Lions, man. I think the Detroit Lions are going to go to the NFC Championship game. 
And then I believe the San Francisco 49ers, they're going to be able to up the Green Bay Packers because of that youth that they have uh, over, over on the offensive side of Green Bay going against that monstrous defense. And we know Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan, they know each other inside and out. So I'm looking at a uh, uh, Ravens and a Kansas City Chiefs AFC Championship game and then a Detroit Lions and a San Francisco 49ers NFC Championship game. Which will be great if that is the case. Yep. And if the Packers were to lose to the Niners, I think even Packers fans would be like, hell of a start oh, to yeah. this new era. Oh, yeah. Hell of a start to this new era. Oh, if the yes. Niners were to lose this Packers team, uh, though. Oh, oh my no. God. Oh, that would no. be devastation out there. And then when we talk about the Baltimore Ravens, it's like, now is the time. This team is better than it's ever been, seemingly. More dominant than it's ever been. But those two assholes mm-hmm. Patrick and Josh mm-hmm. just getting hot and then CJ Stroud comes mm-hmm. in and is a 45 year old we're in for some great football we're lucky for it just like we're lucky you stopped by today appreciate you man no I appreciate y'all man I appreciate everything that y'all do I love the show and y'all keep kicking ass man well it doesn't feel like that a lot of days but I appreciate you <laughs> ladies and gentlemen Harry Douglas yeah, Harry. He's like an ass kicking most days but you know I appreciate the fact that Harry uh, he covered the. He did the field pass yeah. for the Sugar Bowl mm-hmm. yes. down there alongside Colt Kublick, Colt McCoy, and Sam Acho. And uh, every time we've hung around Harry, we enjoyed the. Sh- yeah, he's good. Oh, great yeah. vibes. He was at the hotel lobby. He was after the national championship. It he's was, the man. It was great to see him. Yes. It, it, oh yeah. You ever see that, AJ? Mm-hmm. I don't think we're allowed to say. I it. have. Uh, so you know how to say it? I said it. So, yeah, I, and I thought you were really dancing there. Yeah, big time. As you were saying, Ooh, Boston. Man, I, thought, uh, I thought I was right. But excuse you, Tony. Gerard Mayo whoa. is the head coach in New England. So why don't you watch your mouth? I don't know what any of that means. I don't even know what you're talking about right now. Yeah, me neither. I don't. Uh, that Football. is just a whole. That is a whole situation that will become mm-hmm. something. By the way, yeah. you're going to. Yeah. Well, well hey, listen. Sorry. Right. During that season, we don't have to worry about it because the magas are going to be going off <laughs> during the start of the football season. Right. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced or what that is, but uh, allegedly, Brett Favre did not say that Taylor Swift. <laughs> I knew it. He's doing a money grab. Once allegedly. again, Brett Favre oh. being run through the mud. This guy. He's hunting somewhere. He's not. He's, he has no idea what's going on right now. He certainly knows uh, he that does. Taylor Swift is involved with the NFL, and that's great news. But Brett Favre did not say, obviously. We'd just like to make that 100% clear. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank you. I would say allegedly. Every day. Uh-huh. Every day. It's, that could have been it. But yeah. Who put it out? Who, who put, put it out, out there? McCockner or Boner Garage? Who did it? I don't know if it was Boner Garage or McCockner, uh, but I assume somebody with an axe to grind. Yeah. And uh-huh. we'd like to let them know, we at one point were you. And then I read a letter. Mm-hmm. Spent a couple hundred thousand on lawyers. <laughs> yep. Bygones, bygones. And then it was over. Uh, let's talk about some other news happening around the NFL. Last night, uh, Coach Jay Gruden. Brother of John Gruden, potentially being linked to the New Orleans Saints, by the way, as offense coordinator. Yeah. Yes. So that is... Wait, Jay or John? John. Oh, John Gruden being linked yeah. back in the NFL to the New Orleans Saints. Okay, that is being... Peter Carmichael fired today, offense coordinator of the New Orleans Saints, which all roads allegedly lead to John Gruden going to be the offense coordinator. Obviously, he and Derek Carr know each other. If he was to go down there and coach Derek Carr, that would finally put to bed all of the yeah. comments about sure. Derek Carr and John Gruden whenever they were together at the Raiders. Okay, Brother of John Gruden, potentially, seemingly, next offense coordinator of the New Orleans Saints, Jay Gruden, former head coach of the Washington... Uh, yeah, that football Today's franchise. Today's not the day. Football no. franchise. Football okay, but when he was coaching... 
Yep. We get it. That yeah. team. In his Twitter bio, he st- he he is not okay. It's the news. Yep. What do you want from me? Wikipedia hasn't changed either. Anyways, he gave a little bit of punditry last night on a game about what they're doing as mm-hmm. quarterback. If I ever put a quarterback through what Philly is putting Jalen through, I apologize. By the way, pick up a blitz, proper. Spacing after the period, yep. which I appreciate. That actually might have been a four-piece space <laughs> yeah, afterwards. Look, yeah. Looks like it. Old school Microsoft Word typing was two spaces uh-huh. after a period. Jay Gruden just wanted to make sure he uh, dotted his eyes, crossed his T's, and spaced after his periods. Oh, yeah. And we appreciate that. So then RG3 said, that's funny, huh? Say, what? I think is yeah. how that yeah. is. Nailed yep. it. Exactly pronounced. With glasses done. Doing the excuse me. If you do recall, by the way, RG3, Jay Gruden, head coach, OC quarterback, yep. whenever RG3 was drafted number two overall, mm-hmm. after the Washington football team traded everything they had to the Rams yep. to get up there after Andrew Luck was drafted to the Indianapolis Colts, number one overall. So then Jay Gruden had to respond for himself because that had over like 10 million views very quickly. You weren't prepared, Robert? Oh! <laughs> Is that the case? Oh. Jay Gruden has. Ask Robert okay. Griffin. Robert Griffin responds. He goes, you told me. You didn't know how to coach quarterback who could throw and run like me. So it looks like you weren't prepared, Jay. Oh! Wow! Whew. I mean, a little verbal joust back and forth. RG3 did post that photo. Same as the other photo. RG3's in his bag on X. Always. Yeah. All the time. All the okay? time. Okay? All the time. Uh-huh. So Jay Gruden gets dunked on seemingly by RG3. Now, will Jay Gruden have a rebuttal? We shall see. We do know that somebody else got into the game. Yes. That's a Washington football team member of uh, Hall of Fame mm-hmm. over there. Brian Mitchell. Mitchell. He goes, are you serious, Jay? Okay, he's talking to Jay here, not RG3. Dude, please just effing disappear. Okay? Didn't want to swear because kids are on here. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. nice Which guy. I appreciate. But wanted to get his point across that if he was to swear, it would be in this moment yep. just to say you need to disappear. So then Jay Gruden responds. He goes, I are a partner. Be quiet. Gotcha. <laughs> so, Brian, that clears it up, pal. Okay? I are a punt returner. What? Be quiet. What? Death blow. Jay might have been fried. What's happening? What are you talking about? What's happening? I think it's pretty clear as day what's going on here. Yeah, a qualm. Jay Gruden's back in him. He's just (laughs) burying people. Bingo. He's sitting crisscross against the wall. Dude, on a a Wednesday. Yeah. I are a punt returner. What? Be Be quiet. quiet. (laughs) Be quiet. Yeah, I think Jay's been known to throw a few bats. Yeah, I mean, we've seen him, actually. We've seen that take place, and I'm happy that Jay said, I got time today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm about sick of this, what's going on. And, uh, you know, the I and the U are right next to each other. But exactly. with the way he properly spaces after the period, I don't know if he would just utilize a U yeah. as the U. I think he... He, he typed, knew what he was doing. Yeah. He, he, he typed some pen. We know that. We need to... Well, almost had a request out to Jay Gruden today. Mm-hmm. But teammate RG3 didn't want to make it seem, especially with where we're at right now, sure. as if we're on Jay Gruden's side. But we, we wouldn't have been on Jay Gruden's side. We have just been doing some journalism on. When you say, I are a punt returner. <laughs> exactly. Were you? you me. <laughs> he, he couldn't join today anyway. He's, uh, he's interviewing in New England for the OC job. Nice. Jay Gruden is? I hope so. <laughs> if Jay Gruden's going to get into being active on the internet, welcome all, aboard. Yeah, all four. <laughs> welcome aboard. All right, AJ, we're getting out of here on ESPN. We'll be back tomorrow with a massive Wednesday. Be a friend, tell a friend something nice. It might change your life. We're all in this together. Goodbye. Right on it. Nice. Got it. Good.
Great. Great ending. That was. Last week, we uh, powered through about four of them. That'll happen. Remember that? Five shows, four power through. You had a yep. couple of these, though. You still you still get the salute in yeah. anytime. Yeah. Power. Somebody's really talking. Hey, what do you want me to do? Cut them off? No Can't way. Do. It's a guest of the show. Trying to be hospitable. What are you talking about? Speaking of guests of the show, Pete Carroll stopped by a radio show mm-hmm. over there in Seattle to explain the situation. AJ, he got... <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's... He really... He, yeah, it, it was not a mutual parting of ways mm-hmm. saying, hey, I'm going to go up to the front office. He... Coach is coach. Pete wants to coach. That's what happened. Yep. To a T. He walked in. Are they football it. guys, though? What is it, football guys or what? Uh, let's go to the interview, actually. Here's two minutes of oh. Seattle radio, sports radio. Pete Carroll describing the situation in Seattle and why they are where they are right now. Can you help me understand a little bit? Because I, I understand you said it was a mutual decision. You also sort of indicated that you fought to remain the coach. So how, how do those two things work together? Uh, the first thing that we that we do is we go through the season and, and what happened and what took place and and what were the reasons why what, what we could have done better along the way and what would be the choices uh, to, to move ahead um, because you're, you're competing you're trying to figure it out you know and so um, you know I have very very strong feelings about what 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 we did and where we screwed it up and where we didn't you know come through the way we wanted to and what we did well and so we just needed to touch on on all of that and um, it, the perception that that the media has, you know, on the outside, and it is not always accurate. You know, what? you do the best you can, and all, but you don't know the stories, you don't know the insides, you don't know, you Wait, know, man. we don't share with you guys all of the details of the Whoa. exchanges and what's the personalities and all of that stuff, and that needs to be brought to the surface. And so um, that, that's, that's what happens in those. So that, that's the, the, the initial part of it is trying to get at the essence of it. And then, okay, what is the essence of the adjustments that are necessary? And that's where. That's where the um, you know maybe don't see eye to eye on you know because you know, I, I see it one way and and I think uh, I got a way to, to fix it and I, I'm not going to kind of halfway fix it I'm trying to fix it so it's perfect so I I've got you know real precise and specific thoughts and they may not see it that way they may not agree with it they may not see that that's the right answer or that's not the answer that makes them feel good and and uh, the difficult part if you guys could mm. could know is it's really hard because they're not mm. football people you know they're not coaches and so what? to get to the real details of it is really right difficult for other people it's difficult for me to convey stuff to you guys mm-hmm. and as much broth as you have in your background there's times when you know you know i, I kind of shrug my shoulders okay that's as far as we got and you know <laughs> i can't take you any farther in this in this time frame we have it you're going to understand it that way and we're going to see it another way we're not going to see eye to eye that's basically just common, you know, dynamics, you know, and, and that you deal with. So whenever he talked about the amount of detail he went into on how to fix it perfectly, how he sees it, he went into that meeting prepared. Feels like he went in there and like spilled his soul. Yeah. And they were like, uh, that doesn't make us feel happy. No. <laughs> Get out, old man. It make them feel happy. Good. It's uh, it, And then in his mind, as they're asking questions, he's like, this isn't a football. That's not a football question. What the hell? Why are they asking that? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense what you're thinking right now. In his mind. But he's still having to play it there. Yep. So with your question there, I don't exactly get the angle of what you're saying. Can you reiterate it? They ask the question again. These people don't know the fucking game. Nope. These people have no idea what they're talking about. That's a wild scene in Seattle that I don't think any of us expected. And Pete Carroll, if he's willing to go through that diligence to piece together what and how he thinks that team can get back to greatness and restore greatness. It's like, the guy's still got juice. The guy still wants to do it, I'd assume. And it's just wild that this is kind of how this is all ended for them up there. But I guess there's no real happy divorce ever in this particular world. No, there's not. And and it seems like Pete was 
was a bit surprised by this as well. He probably thought it was a normal meeting, normal end of year. I don't know. He probably maybe he had some kind of idea that things weren't exactly how they should be. But who all do you think he was meeting with? The owner, of course, right? And then is John Schneider part of that? Because he and Schneider have had a long relationship now too. Well, and then is there like legal counsel, like yeah, exactly. financier, mm-hmm. like is there? Yeah, who John all was in that meeting? John would be a football guy, though, right? Schneider for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but do they do? Like, so did he just saying the, the owner is not a football gal. So is, and then on that note, is Schneider thinking the same thing as Pete? Like, is was Schneider on like Pete's side as he was laying these things out? No owners are football people, except I guess the the Bengals owners are football people. That's their squad. Well, Jim Mercy Jim played Mercy. at SMU, so yeah. mm-hmm. Jim Mercy is a football player. Robert Kraft played quarterback at Bama. Jerry played quarterback for Texas. The Wait, Rooney's what, what played <laughs> football uh, in the CFL. I think. Bingo, yep. Mark mm-hmm. Davis is a football guy. Amy Strong led her flag football team to a national Bingo. title four years in a row in high school. Yeah, Virginia, is he built? Flag football. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so all owners right. are football people. Yeah. The Waltons right. have sold more footballs than <laughs> yeah. any other True. family True. in the yeah. history. Bar none. So they've been around it. Like, Tepper, I guess maybe the Spagnolas. Well, Tepper, you see, he played every sport. Yep. Yeah. That's why that's why all he has all the answers. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I thought it was the opposite. Bro, think of that soccer think of that soccer team. <laughs> yeah. Over there. We we talk about the Panthers, obviously, because that's our sport. The soccer world just Going to the FC Charlotte or whatever. Mm-hmm. Biggest like we got a, we got the richest owner here. We got, we got real investment partnership with the NFL, like they have up in Seattle. I think with the Sounders mm-hmm. and the Seahawks, it's like this is a perfect setup. And then Tepper's like fired, 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 fired. You're fired. You're fired. Why is this working? Why you know, that's what he's saying. Yeah. Bingo. Why is this not working? It's like will it ever work down there? But yeah, I think Tepper. I think Tepper played every sport imaginable. Yeah, I think that's what he did. Mm-hmm. I think so. Well, until he got kicked out of whatever league because he started fighting whoever they lost to. Yeah, he actually spit on the commissioner uh-huh. and threw a ball. Yep. Broke a guy's leg. You said dog. Don't allegedly. How about him throw? Allegedly, he did not. Allegedly, throw on those allegedly, things. that is not allegedly. real. We're making this all up. Right. Jokes, jokes. Amy Strunk actually did not play flag football, to our knowledge. Sure. I don't know if she won four straight titles. She could have. We have no idea. Probably got granddaughters or grandsons that have, though. But what we do know about David Tepper sure. is, from the actions we've seen, he does got some explosion. You yeah. know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. those ice quick cubes. Might He's definitely a, quick twitch. Yeah. Yeah. It might be a fence. He throws hands, yeah. Quick twitch, short-fused. Yeah, you know, no. he's pretty explosive. Got to find the right partner. Got to find the right head coach. I can kind of vibe with that. Did you hear Lombardi say uh, Carolina for Belichick? And then he said, mm, uh, probably not. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. I don't think so. If I had to guess for that one, it's. Uh, you don't think Bill's going to do the Monday, you know, review? Hey, seven a.m. Bill, we're watching this game. I'm going to ask you every single play. What's going on? I still believe that Tepper is waiting for somebody to come in and say, "Fuck you! I'm not meeting with yeah. you. I'm running football." Like they would hate it, but they would hate it, but they would also respect it. Like, okay, those, they win. They can do whatever you want. Those super, super alpha, shall we say, human yeah. beings that are at the top. Like, yeah. it's just like dogs. I'll say all dogs. I was going to say. Uh, pit bulls, because I have a pit bull, but I do not want pit bulls to get a bad image because of this. Mm-hmm. But dogs as a whole, if you're scared around a dog, it senses it, and it treats you as mm-hmm. such. Like, that is literally how a dog will treat you. Like, I wasn't going to do anything, but why Why? why are you acting? Why is this particular human acting like that? Some of those humans, if you walk in there timid, it's like, all right, that is how this is going to go forever. You almost got to match them. 
Like you gotta, you gotta match and like set the tone immediately. Like, hey, this is how this relationship is gonna go. I think Tepper's just been waiting for a soccer team and for yeah. his football coach, somebody to do that. Now, it's impossible to take that type of risk because if you do go up to Tepper and say, hey, we ain't fucking doing this, and he goes, you're fired. There's only 32 jobs. Ah, yeah. shit. <laughs> I mean, so you just lost, you just lost a job. So if I'm wrong on this particular read about David Tepper, then you're out of job and screwed from one particular organization forever in your coaching career but i feel like if you, it was to work you're probably set up for a lot of success because he has the second most amount of money mm-hmm. he will spend it oh, yeah. he's already he's already spent so much money it's like the right person goes like a Vrabes, yeah. for instance like if a Vrabel was to go there and they're talking about Vrabel going uh to dallas maybe if they were to move on from mccarthy i know steelers fans are like well if tomlin wants to take a break bring vrabes back Mm -hmm. home to pittsburgh seattle and big mike it's like vrabes feels like the guy that would go up to tepper you know whole thing and just be like listen suit we ain't doing this yeah and i think tepper would have to respect it at the time and Vrabes is already respected enough amongst uh, the people that Tepper's probably going to hit up. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, this guy good. They're going to say, yep, great, 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 great. So I, I just feel like you're right. It has to be the right person. It has to be right. But I think the right people are available. Harbaugh's another one. Not yeah. that Harbaugh would want to go mm. to Carolina. Maybe, I, though. Harbaugh being so uniquely weird in how he is and his approach, I think he could find a way to make it work with people. You never know. And he has or, options please. so he can tell a guy. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. You'll know in the interview, though. Don't you think Tepper should know in the interview? Like when Tepper interviewed Frank Reich, did they really think like, "Hey, yeah, this is maybe he thought I can I can mold him into whatever I want"? Or what did he think? Yeah, I have no idea. There, Pete Carroll too. I mean, Pete Carroll feels like one of those guys. That, that yeah, he would do it in a different manner. Yeah, yeah. much Very different nice. manner, yeah, but he, still, he, get still, it positive. Yeah. yeah, and he has a resume to be like, no, bingo. I'm not. Li- what if you want nothing? Okay, if I have any financial needs. Or a presentation to give to the team. <laughs> yeah. I will come right to you mm-hmm. and we'll have a full sit down. Like, hey, am I saying this right? And you can let me know how I need to say this. But if we're talking football, I'm talking, you're not. Like, that's, a, yeah. that's an interesting thing that's going to have to take place in Carolina, we all assume, for success to be had. But let's move away from Carolina and let's go to a team that just won last night. Here we go. Let's go to a team that showcased a grittiness and an explosiveness that reminded us all that this team is a team that can hoist the Lombardi at the end of the year. They have the weapons. They have the talent. They have the moxie. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, center for the Buffalo Bills. Friend of the program, an absolute stallion, Mitch Morris. Yeah, Mitch! Hey, beard looks, beard looks phenomenal at this time of the year. Has it been like this all year? It feels like it's very well-groomed right now. It looks amazing. Well, it, it's one of those things that uh, when the wife gives you like a, hey, you should kind of figure this out, like subtle, like it's looking, like looking a little homeless kind of deal, that's when you... You doubled down, and it just so happened to be around the playoffs, too, so it worked out well. Oh, primetime games, beautiful beard, team playing the best ball. Mitch, you guys have to feel it in there, right? You guys have to feel you've won six straight, which you guys did yesterday. It was never close. I mean, towards the end, there was maybe a backdoor cover coming for some people that maybe had the Steelers plus 10. That's not for you to worry about. That is for us that lost money potentially on that. But you guys, hottest team in football right now. Why do you think that is the case? And you guys recognize that and realize that behind the scenes. Well, I think it was one of those things we were sitting there at six and six uh, in November, and we were just, we've kind of had this playoff mentality for the last six or seven weeks. I mean, it was one of those things that you, you know what works, 
but at the same time, the stakes are at their highest in the playoffs, but we've had this playoff mentality for the last six weeks, and it's not sexy. There was no sexy like team meeting where we were sitting there like, come on, guys, we got to figure this out. We just kind of <laughs> stuck to it, and uh, and it's just worked out. And it's it's been a beautiful thing, and, and uh, kind of coaches let our personality show. When the stakes have been at their highest, he, he's had the ability to let us be ourselves and kind of took the – took the reins off in regards to the pressure of making mistakes. And I think that's a really tough thing for a coach to do when the, when, when the smallest thing could impede the playoffs or, or make it the postseason is when he became his most lax in regards to making sure that the players were not that tight. Love that because in the biggest moments, some coaches aren't ready for it too. Everything's normal. Everything's normal. And they're losing their minds. That obviously sets the tone for the entire locker room and for the team. Speaking of the locker room, you said there was no meeting. No players only meeting is what I heard. That's a shame. That's unbelievable. But there was some video from the locker room after the Chiefs game where basically Brandon Bean said, hey, how about our fucking coach? Because that was just a few days after obviously the article was written about Sean McDermott trying to take him out and question the culture that you guys have behind closed doors that felt like a little bit of a rally galvanizing thing was it or was that just that moment where we felt it and seen it no it, for, there was for sure some validity to that galvanizing i think uh i mean it was just a wild deal right that thing came out and uh you know it, it had the opportunity to polarize the locker room and uh it did the exact opposite which was kind of rallied the guys not only around the coach but each other i mean it really felt like it was us versus the world to a certain extent not only were we sitting in a position where we had to win but uh everything seemed to be you know the buffalo is you know a terrible place to be the coach is shit and, and it's just not the case like it was uh we we really felt like that was a narrative that wasn't what we were experiencing and then we just kind of told them to piss off and we just kind of did our thing which was uh which was beautiful man yeah absolutely beautiful especially when it works out that way it's like storybook stuff movie stuff and you're still in it writing the the ending of the movie yeah, can't yeah. wait to see that go ahead aj mitch you mentioned the coach kind of whatever take taking the reins off or, or easing the pressure a little bit not having you know guys aren't worried about making little mistakes here and there and ultimately yeah you can play free and have fun and play much faster that way was it like was it a, a certain day or a week? Or like, how does he do that? Is it something you guys actually address, or do you just kind of feel it happen? Different music and no, practice? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. He he addressed it, and uh, I think that's one of those things that – it's one of those topics you have to address as a coach. Uh, you can kind of – by osmosis, you can kind of feel at times, but when, when he truly says, like, hey, the night before the game, go out there, play free, you have, you have the green card to – not make you know not be afraid to make mistakes and to hear that from a coach is it's powerful man because you you hear about it and you want to believe that but to actually feel that and then the next day 24 hours later you know you hear that message the night before and you say okay well let's let's take that with a grain of salt when the when the bullets are flying let's see if that actually goes down uh and to his credit he doubled down on it when the stakes are at their highest and the motions are flaring getting on the sidelines
I love that that was the most offensive lineman answer I've ever heard. Yeah, we'll see. Was basically, <laughs> was basically what all the boys, I assume, in the offensive line room were thinking whenever he said, hey, we're going to be relaxed. Let's just go ahead and play our game, play football. And then whenever he follows through on it, you build some legitimacy in trust, and especially with that article coming out, you can see how you guys became an absolute monster. Another change kind of happened. Darius has a question yeah, for you. Big part of you guys becoming an absolute monster. That O-line unit, you guys play – I think every game pretty much started together. But um, moving on to Joe Brady lo- later in the season, I know you said it wasn't a special meeting. You guys have ran the ball more than almost anybody in the league. What was the what's the mindset with that with Joe Brady and the team? Yeah, you know it's it's, a, it's another good question. In, in our offensive staff room, we have an embarrassment of, of riches in regards to guys who have been offensive coordinators. I think we have four of our five or six offensive coaches have been offensive coordinators at times so you know it's not so much a delegation of joe brady being on top here and then everyone kind of following suit it really is a collaboration and uh you know from our o-line coach to our tight ends coach and and you know it's it's hard when the run game for a coordinator is not working early to stick with it right because it's and and he's even admitted like it's hard to call run after run because you know as, as a coordinator you want these sexy throws down the field but I think when you can That's stay ahead of the chains, right, and give at least get in the third down situations where you have the option to run or pass, that's that's the biggest thing. And then I think time of possession is is also critical in these wins. The reason why, you know, you can say, well, the run's not working, got to throw it, is because Josh Allen yep. is, you know, and he does this one, and it's just 70 yards <laughs> right on a – it's unbelievable how strong his arm is and how he doesn't seem to ever get bothered by the weather. And then you got Stephon Diggs and Dalton Kincaid is starting to cook right. big flex out of him early in the game, which is beautiful. Uh, but for, like, the entirety of that team, you guys up there, vibes so much higher now than the beginning of the season? At the beginning of the season, were you guys worried? Was there any worry at all about maybe – we fucking lost the magic that we've had for the last few years. Was last year so long was so much. Like last year, the amount of things that your team had to go through. I mean, you're talking the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. in training camp, with the community shooting that took place, mm-hmm. and then obviously other injuries, and then DeMar Hamlin, and then like you just start stacking up. Was there any worry in the locker room about like, why aren't we playing as good as we are? Did we kind of lose our magic? And then when you get it back, is it like... Always knew it. This is who we are. This is exactly is there that type of differential from early in the year to now? I mean, it, there was definitely some frustration knowing that we were the same. We we felt like we were the same group of dudes that could hang forty on a team, and then you know we end up coming in on a on a loss where you score what 10, 15 points, and you look at yourself and oh, we shot ourselves in the foot again. Blah blah blah. Uh, there. I mean, maybe internally you're feeling this frustration, but I give credit to the guys. It was just kind of like a you just come in to work the next day, and uh, and you, you just shit. Today I'm just going to do the best I can and compound these moments, and then see what happens Sunday. And then you have a group of you know 53 guys doing that. Uh, you you have these collaboration of moments that you get to celebrate on Sunday. Uh, it's we, we knew we had the opportunity to do this, but at the same time, I, I think the blessing in disguise is we also know that if, we, if we're not on our P's and Q's, that anything can happen. This, you know, this league is full of parody. And, um, you know, it's just – also, we were talking earlier. I don't think I've ever used the word parody outside of anything in the NFL, like I, I, in, like in context in life. Uh, not, yeah. Someone asked me the definition of parody. And, and I, I, I think bottled regardless. waters. 
have mm. good parity. Yeah. Bottled waters have oh, good parity. There you go. Yeah, besides that, that's all I got. <laughs> Beer. Well, I'm, what, you, what you just described there, by the way, is your culture. Like, your culture showed through. Like, 53 guys buying in, showing up every single day. And then you get humbled a little bit. Like, hey, we can lose and not play our best. It's almost like a gift to the Buffalo Bills at this point. Speaking of gift, did you teach Josh Allen the fake slide? Oh. Is that you that did that? Oh, hell. Uh no, hell no. Um, I'm more begging that fucker to slide once in a while. <laughs> but, I mean, you say that, and then he, he does something like he pops off that 53-yarder, and you're screaming in the back, like, get down, dude. Like, what are you fucking doing? And then he goes for it, and you're yelling, go, go, go. So it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing, right? <laughs> Where uh, Josh Allen is who he is because he's willing to – Lower shoulder, and he's a little sick in the head because he likes it. Yeah, I, uh, you're the man, Mitch. That was, uh, beautiful. That was absolutely beautiful hearing a teammate care for his teammate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're begging that fucker to slide. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it comes from a place of love. Bingo, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely it does. Yeah. But just like hearing you say that we would like everybody to know our position mm-hmm. as well as uh-huh. teammates of this guy's, we'd like him to remain healthy because when he is healthy, especially when he's playing like now, absolute wagon. Comment has a question for you, Mitch. Yeah, Mitch, we talked to Jordan Poyer Friday, and, you know, going into the weekend, it didn't feel like there was any possibility that the game would be moved just because snow and Buffalo, you just assume that that happens. But when it does get moved, what was the reaction out of you know you guys and the team as a whole? And were you almost kind of relieved that you had all day Sunday to shovel snow instead of having to play a football game? Or, or what was the reaction once you guys did realize, hey, we got an extra day here and we're playing Monday afternoon? Well, I think COVID kind of gave us a, uh, a script to work with in regards to games being moved uh, on a whim. And, and then you also have a little – weird PTSD from the years previous where it snows seven feet in 24 hours and guys are, you know, fighting for eggs in the grocery store. And, uh, you know, when, when it comes to football, it was one of those things where you just like, we, we know that people behind the scenes are working their hardest diligently to make sure we can play safely. And then also like, I think the one thing that they told us was more than anything, it was just in case someone got hurt on the field, if they can get someone to a level one trauma unit, uh, which made a lot of sense to me. Um, so it was, I didn't even think about that. Obviously. Yeah. None of us really did. And, uh, but to, to answer your question, it was one of those things you, 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 you've seen in the past, what this looks like the weather in Buffalo can do. Uh, and then when it came to one o'clock on Sunday, when the game was supposed to be played, Dude, looking outside your window, you couldn't even see your neighbor's house. So there's no way you could throw a ball past 10 yards and see. There's no way the fans would have been able to see the game. Uh, it just would have been dangerous and an absolute shit show out there. How long have you been with the Bills? Uh, this is year five with okay, the Buffalo Bills. You're, you're a Texas Bull, if I do recall, right? That's tr- That's correct. How is that, Bob? You talk about that snow. I, it's different from what the videos I've been. I'm from Pittsburgh, snowy place. Obviously, we deal with four seasons. A lot of them are cold, uh, even though it says four seasons. People think 25%, 25%, 25%, 25%. That is not correct. No. It's fucking cold all the time. So I understand that. But that Buffalo snow and cold is different, it seems like, from what we've been hearing. It's a moose, dude. It's an absolute sucker. It, uh, moose. I mean, like, like you said, it's not a 25, 25%. It, 
you you know you can sneeze and one of those scenes will be over and then the snow and the winter lasts for uh 60 percent of time but i'll tell you what it the people here are, are proud of bit from buff being from buffalo it's the city of good neighbors for a reason and and uh and i mean we had a guy have a kid on friday here and then of course the game gets canceled he gets stuck trying to get to his family or his wife and kid who's getting discharged from the hospital the city of buffalo rallies around him pulls him out gets him to the hospital and then they escort him in a in a uh in a front loader from hit from the hospital to his house it takes about an hour and a half to get three miles but they have a wow a tractor get him and his family back it was just a cool thing man and so it, yes it snows like it snows like a mother here but uh, what are you going to do? It's part of being a Buffalo. It's, it's what you you learn to embrace. And from the outside looking in, it looks insane. And it's a little bit insane here in it, but uh, you just kind of embrace it and roll with it. That's not happening in a lot of places. That's beautiful. Yeah, hey, okay. Buffalo, what a place. Okay. Good good best. And because that front loader takes an uh, hour and a half to get three miles, that's why they got to keep the bars open until 4.30-ish. That's why their last call is so late than everywhere else. Right, Mitch, I think? Yeah, I, I think it, it, that and, and, and guys, uh, I mean, it's it's a dangerous scene to see guys go from, like, if you have a Sunday 1 o'clock game here from the 4.30 bars, they go straight to tailgating. These suckers are hammered at, like, 9.30 in the morning. Just the Holy Spirit's running through them. It's a beautiful thing. It's a, they were taking advantage of it yesterday. Yeah, uh, the fourth, and we saw them obviously before the game in the stands and then the, in the parking lot. Bills Mafia is beautiful. Get to host a big one this week Ooh. instead. Ty has a question for you. Yeah, Mitch, just curious. I think I mean part of it is probably more media created with everything between you and the Chiefs. Obviously, with the the way the game ended earlier this year and then the playoff game from a couple years ago, but. With them coming to Buffalo now for a playoff game, is there any added motivation? I mean, obviously, it's the fucking playoffs. You you want to win. You have to win. But playing the Chiefs, like, is there anything extra there that it is them coming to Buffalo? Or, again, is that more the media needs something to talk about to kind of hype up this game because it's already massive? Well, I think, uh, you know, kudos to Kansas City. That organization is just they've, – they've created narrative for themselves by – playing high level football for you know how many years now being to how many AFC championship games I think it's a miraculous thing that this is Pat's first away playoff game in his career it's just a kudos to that team so I think more so than the narrative of it being us two it's just two teams that seem to be very hot right now two quarterbacks that can light it up and uh, it's going to be a kick-ass atmosphere dude yeah. uh, it really will you think of a full stadium how about what the crowd did with that snow that was yeah. – we were watching video 90 minutes. I'm sure you guys were looking up into the stands as you're on the field and with sound mind thinking, how's anybody <laughs> going to sit here? I don't know how they did it. I still don't know where all that snow went and all the people – It what, went to the Steelers' uh, bench mm-hmm. via snowballs. Those guys were getting pounded. You could see it from there. We're on our bench. <laughs> and those poor guys, I mean, they're getting pounded mm-hmm. by it. And then, like, you, so say there's a – it was – it, it was, uh, I mean, it was dangerous, but uh, it was wild, dude. But at the, also at the same time, when the touchdowns were being scored, they were throwing it up in the air. That was sweet. Um, but you get Bill's Mafia liquored up, you just don't know what's going to happen. Especially with a, wild a lot of snow. And also they're telling 
Jim Cantore is telling us, Jim Cantore from the Weather Channel, 37 years, he's describing the type of snow that's going there. Mm -hmm. And us from snow towns, it's like, oh, oh baby. perfect. That is snowballable snow there. Like, that is the perfect snow that you're looking for. And we saw him. Somebody tried to break up uh, the pass to George Pickens in yeah. the corner. Mm -hmm. You got you got Rowan Gardner sitting front row. <laughs> yeah. And the corner's like, I'm going to go ahead and hit this ball. That, that, snow everywhere. And obviously, there's nothing anybody can do about it. But that's what makes Buffalo just a little bit more special. Exactly. Now, there's big news in the center world, Mitch. Uh, Tone has a question for you. Yeah, Mitch, since you are a beautiful bearded man and uh, Jason Kelsey is now retired, are you the front runner for world's sexiest man uh, this Ooh. upcoming season? Congrats, man. And is there a oh. hole now in the right. center world now that Jason has retired? I would say more the latter than the former. <laughs> uh, the, the sexiest man alive deal, that was that's a beautiful thing, purely his deal. Uh, you know, he, he earned that, and we're not going to piggyback off that. The uh, the center world has definitely lost uh, an icon, man. I think you just watched Jason. He was like the ageless wonder. Uh, he just seemed to be getting better with age, and, and, and even he got a little gray in his hair, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, got a salt and pepper look, and um, it was just raw. It was It was tough to watch. You know that raw emotion, and, and as and as a guy who's been looking up to him since I was in the league, I mean, you had guys like Alex Mack. We we just had an embarrassment of riches since I've been in the the league. Alex Mack, the Pouncey brothers, um, you know, Max Unger and Jason were all like at this at the top of the game, and Jason just cemented himself year after year. You know, Super Bowls, Pro Bowls, All Pros, and and the way he could do it, and. Uh, and then you see his leadership aspect, and you see that documentary come out, and then you see him as a family man, and just he just seems so pure, and and like his emotions are so raw, but so well grounded, and it was just he just like it's so cool to see America kind of fall in love with him too, as as a, as a guy, you know, as these sinners we've been idolizing him for all these years, and um, you know, it's it uh, hopefully I, I know it didn't end the way he wanted to, but. It should be a celebration for him because he uh, he's brought so much to not only Philadelphia but uh, to the offensive line world um, and to football in general. So I, hopefully he – I know it's, it's an emotional time now, but he looks back and it's just a celebration and hopefully Philly shows out for him. Well said. Congrats, Jason. Yeah. That's how your peers are talking about yeah. you, dude. That's pretty cool to hear. A.Q. Shipley, same exact thing. And A.Q.'s a hater. AQ is a, <laughs> a known hater. He's a D1 hater. Like that is, that is what AQ Shipley is. So I asked him one time about Jason Kelsey. Whenever Jason Kelsey was starting to get like super popular and famous, he's like the guy. He's AQ was like he's the guy. Like that is the because of his mobility, his athleticism, his toughness. Like everything about him is just like picture perfect offense alignment. Now let's talk about the body a little bit because you talked about him having a little gray hair and your beard. Oh, I don't know. Are you dying at? That's not. You're not dying at, are you? Uh, it's uh, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. So I don't have any uh, grays in my hair, but uh, I don't have much hair in general. It migrated to my back and shoulders, which um, <laughs> it's unfortunate, but just kind of how it goes. Yeah, but it's good for snow. In yeah, there you go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just put a hat on. So. And, yeah, you got fur there. How, do you, how old are you now? Uh, 31. Congrats playing football until you're 31 yeah. professionally. How's the body feel? You know, you big guys, obviously, all year, running on turf, everything. That's a whole conversation with the speed guys. But how does the body feel at this stage of the season? Obviously, everybody's hurt, but you get it. Well, Tordal is a hell of a drug. Oh, <laughs> the best. Tordal is a hell of a drug. Uh, you know, I, I would say that, you know, 
as speaking of the offensive line, we've been very fortunate, as has been alluded to before, to having some continuity this year. Uh, we've been very fortunate in that department because a lot of it is luck, right? Let's just say it how it is, you know, contact injuries, all that stuff. But, um, I, you know, we're just feeling that for myself, just the joints are a little bit sore. Uh, you can't pound booze like you used to after games. You got to, like, Damn. you got you to you know, drink water and stuff. And, um, oh. Oh. Yeah, you had no Ooh. fun. But, Mitch. Uh, it, it, I, it comes fast. My, comes at you, life comes at you fast. It comes fast, no doubt. The hangover's a real deal, dude. They're a real problem. And I think every time a nutritionist tells me how bad my hangover should be, like what's actually happening inside of my body, hangovers get even worse. I think that's an added little thing about food science that's kind of taking place now in our world. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Science sucks sometimes. Don't no, even, no. don't you Mid- even. Not, not today. Not today. Just, oh, hey, I meant to say, man, the, you guys have been, yes, you guys have been blowing up my news feed, man. <laughs> All right, Mitch. <laughs> Mitch, don't even. Start Mitch. Tell me start more. Mitch. Tell me yeah, more, no, Mitch. no, no. AJ, that is not what we need to hear, Mitch. Know, yeah, listen. On a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. This is great. Oh, great my God. Oh, <laughs> Mitch, you should see it's every day. It's every day. Something yeah, happened today. Boyer on hood, and he tried doing the same. Yeah, Jordan. Well, I can tell, I can tell stuff's getting wild when you start putting sleeves on Bell. Well, I have. This has been a, this has been a thing now for a few weeks. You know what I mean? Because it's getting cold. First mm-hmm. of all, very cold. But also, I'm finally in shape where I can wear shirts and I don't look like a fatso. You know, this is like the first. You know what I mean? Yeah, Norby told you to wear. Nice knowing you, Mitch. <laughs> Seeing that, Mitch, I love that fucking I'm football to focus you. on. Seeing that, huh? I love you. You guys are. I, to be to going back to being in all serious, you guys have been on fire, and it's just been so much fun to see you guys. Just and, and, and serious, like besides that part, you guys are the standard right now, man. And so please keep it up. And when when I got the opportunity today to come on your show, it was just I was elated. It's just it's it's a beautiful thing. You guys are on fire, so I appreciate you. Needed to hear that. You guys are on fire too. We appreciate the hell out of you for joining us. Keep growing that beard and keep telling Josh to protect himself. Yeah, yeah. that's good center. That's good offensive lineman. We appreciate you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Pro Bowl, Mitch Morse. Yeah. Yeah. Beard looks good. Fantastic. Yeah. Beard looked really good. He's still there. I wanted to ask him if he went to Poyer's uh, meditation class that he had uh, right after. Okay. See. Thanks, Hawk. <laughs> what do you mean? It's medita- there's nothing political. There's nothing weird about. Did that. you hear him say, "Which side do you want?" Oh yeah. Which side? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Bills, Chiefs. What do you think? Mitch, oh, Mitch no. is still there. Mitch is still there. Mitch, did you do Jordan Poyer's? Uh, have you ever seen him do the thing the in the meditation pants, room? The hand mm-hmm. the med- he was going to meditation after he joined us Friday. Yeah, I've seen him do some pretty wild stuff in the meditation department. Uh, I'll tell you what, he's a beauty of a person. Uh, he's just an all-timer, great teammate. Uh, talk about a guy who's done some real soul-searching for who he is. Um, I haven't I haven't gotten the invite yet. Mm. Uh, but, you know, it's, I, I asked my wife, I'm like, can I do hallucinogens with two kids? And uh, it was just – it was something where it's an ongoing process. Yeah. But, but the Super Jordan Poyer, Jordan Poyer, yeah, with Super Bowl, uh, yeah, who knows? But Jordan Poyer is an absolute. <laughs> talk about a moose, a great dude, awesome guy. Super Have handsome. Super handsome. Super handsome. He lays the wood too. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He throws he, it around. He takes a lot of pride in that. I'm happy to hear that behind the scenes he's just as good as he is on our show because he's the man, Probably. just like you, ladies and gentlemen, Mitch Moore. Yeah, Mitchie. Yeah. 
uh, ask my wife with two kids, can I do hallucinogens? Can I? Is that, <laughs> can I? Offensive linemen are the best. Well, yeah, not with them in the room, she should say. Yeah, not with them right there. Yeah. I mean, let's get to a break. What a time. Shout out, Do Mitch. We... He's great. I love that guy. Yeah. Yeah. That was very Yo, kind Josh of to get down. He's 30 yards behind him yelling at him to get down. Yeah. So <laughs> mad, too. Josh comes back to the huddle. Yeah. Fucking Push. asshole. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Pushes him. Josh is exhausted. Mitch is as well. Next, please. Mm-hmm. Please, slot. I'm sick of it. That's a good teammate. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because you, you go as that quarterback goes. Absolutely. That's one of those things, but I think Josh Allen views it the same way Andrew Luck viewed it. Yep. Like, disrespecting football if they let a play end without giving their all. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's how Andrew Luck actually felt. The amount of people that were like, Andrew, we need you alive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We need you alive. If you're good, we're good. And then you watch him play, it's like, he's never going to change mm-hmm. because he legitimately thinks he's disrespecting football as a whole and his teammates and everything. If he was to slide or avoid, or it's like... Not I love that tackle, for you. Yeah. Interception. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, just go trying to Bro, kill whoever gets it. Bro, he's laying yeah. out. That clip from Stanford where the running back fumbles it and he fucking decleats that kid from USC. <laughs> Helmet to hel- straight yeah. ahead tackle. Yeah. Yeah. Not a side tackle. No, no, no. Straight downhill tackle. It's like. Force fumble. I respect the shit out of him. I really, you can't help but respect it. It's like you're the perfect football player. That's exactly how you're supposed to yep. feel. But with that being said. Maybe no, yeah. you know, just Chuck Pagano trying to talk to him, I assume. Andrew, I love it. Oh, shit. But listen, <laughs> when you're playing, we're good. When you're not, we're bad show. We got to figure out how to keep it. <laughs> Chuck. It's like he's the same way. Josh Allen's the same exact way. I bet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, are we playing football? Yeah, there's good. somebody's going to get tackled. That is football. And then he's bigger, stronger, faster than most of the people are going to be trying to tackle him to. So that's definitely in his mind. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, what's this? I'm 6'4", I'm stronger and faster than you. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, all you need is one. Mm-hmm. Yep. All you need is one body blow, and it's like, boom. All of a sudden, that affects everything. So we just want to be healthy, just like we want everybody to be going into the final eight of the NFL season. Woo. Football! Happened last night. Five of the six games in Super Wildcard Weekends were uh, blowouts, so we don't even need to talk about it. Nope. Final eight teams are left, and they're the best available, and we are pumped to watch them chase their goal of winning the Lombardi Trophy. That is A.J. Hawk, who has done that before. The Toxic Table is here. Two non-Super Bowl champions as players, but one Super Bowl champion as owner. Correct. That's Ty Schmidt <laughs> as a Green Bay Packer owner, and next to him is Boston Connor with the lines on his chest, signifying that this is, in fact, the Brand new lines is here. No. Is that right, Conman? Yes. No, I wouldn't yep. go that far. No, I, I would not say that. I am, you know, rooting for him because I do think it has been very, very cool just watching the whole thing. And then you see like Eminem in the st- like that is something I, I feel like Detroit. Yeah, so I'm doing that. Now that's Eminem. Yep. Mm-hmm. Only rap music I listen to. <laughs> yeah. Well. That's right. Yeah. Why? That's right. All loud. It's only one loud. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be there in school, but, you know, Goff is calling for one more musician to be there. Who's that? Gene Smith? Is is that his name? Gene, what's his name? Dr. Kiss? Oh. Oh, Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons. Simmons. Isn't he a Detroit guy? I think so, yes. How come he hasn't been putting his tongue out out there at the the Lions games? How come he doesn't have that thing just spinning in his sun out there? I'm pretty sure he's saving it for this Sunday. Are you guys going to accept him? He hasn't been there all. Tim Robinson's been to more games than oh, yeah. Gene Simmons has been this year. Yep. 
You were talking about Kid Rock. That's who Goff is asking for. That's one half of the hammer. Die, Cowboys turn digs. Maybe the Rock makes a return back to Detroit. Should. You know, his home ground and has a time because all the stars are coming out for this. These Detroit Lions. They games. were all there on Sunday. I'm learning uh, a lot about who's all from Detroit. Yeah, it's become a pretty cool thing, actually. I think for your city. Now, I don't know how Detroit people feel about this particular. Like, there's obviously a negative reaction that could come from Lions fans being like. They all live. They don't live. They live here. This is not a thing. But I think outside looking in, it's like a, Detroit has created so many legends. Oh, yeah. that mm-hmm. I'm kind of learning about over the last hundred percent. And everyone's very, very pumped to see them back and to see them all root for the Lions. It's awesome. I will say there are people calling them. A couple people are calling these celebrities bandwagon. No. No. I don't like that. We can't do that, Detroit. We finally have something to root for. Let's just accept it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, why not be a brand new Lions fan if you can be? Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, we have been brand new Lions fans since before they became yeah. the brand new Lions so much so we're wearing shirts. Not well. new NFL that's what you're doing. Is this blue? Is there any blue on here? What color are the lines? They're blue and they're gray. And there's no blue on this. Now, the animal itself line, yeah, I'm a fan of. But that son of a bitch, not knowing Gene Simmons is from Detroit, I, I am. What do you I'm mean? I said yes. I'm officially out. Go back, watch it. I, I think I'm officially out said, on yeah, the lines. Yeah, I think so. I'm out on the lines. I am out also, on the fucking lines. Connor, how old are you? 99 years old? Jeez, oh, pal. Old enough. To know what great rock and roll music is, and I said yes. What you don't fucking know, I said no. Yes, you did. He said, I think, (laughs) yeah. You know, ninjas from there, and you know Eminem. You don't know shit. Anyways, pretty sure he's from New York, by the way. Who? Gene Simmons. Uh, Look it up. Look it up. Yeah, check it out. I knew. Please, I knew there was a Detroit for me. AJ, AJ's from, over there on his computer, yeah, by the way. Right he now. is from New York City. Oh! <laughs> wow. Yes, AJ! Yes! He's throwing a fit. Go to the last shot. I knew there was a chance of that happening. Foxy, yep, there are things all over the ground up there that used to all be on his desk. Actually, he didn't, he didn't even come to the U.S. Dry erase board gone. <laughs> if oh, we were to have no. a guest on the program right now, he would be playing... <laughs> Pictionary to describe what he wants to ask. You just threw everything there, pal. Just, uh, just, 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 just corner. Just a quick little fuck. Came to the U.S. when he was age eight. Gene Simmons. Yep. Really right to Detroit. Himself. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I had absolutely no idea. Me neither. But because they have the song Detroit Rock City, and I listened to it this morning, and you right. said you're not sure if he's from there. I just decided, no, he's from there. Well, he's just keep in mind, I don't know music for from about the year 2000 and under. Just keep that in mind. You mean all I know. I just good music. Great. Seeger. Now that's a guy Detroit wants back in town. Yeah, I did know that one. Period. Nine-year NFL vet, host of the Man to Man podcast and everything DB, presents Good D, Bad D, Darius Butler. Another Detroit made legend, Jalen Rose. Got back with the Fat Five. I saw the photo. Yeah, yeah so yeah, good, good cool. vibes in Michigan right now. Yeah, everything's up in Michigan right now. National champions, oh, yeah. the Detroit right. Lions right. are doing their thing. Yeah, Here we the go. Pistons just won a game, and the Red Wings are going to the playoffs this year. Well, it finally is happening in Detroit. Well, the Pistons did win. They won again. I heard yeah. the Pistons got. And you have the draft, sacrifice. correct? Remember the draft? Yep. What you say? The Pistons. I'm just saying that's the conspiracy. They got sacrificed. Yeah, they got sacrificed for you know Michigan to go on and win, the Lions to go on their run. Oh, you got to sacrifice. Well, they've been yeah. trying to sacrifice teams for 10, 20 years. Yeah. That hasn't worked. It's, or it's up there? Working now. Yeah. Yeah. There's also they sacrifice all the teams for bingo. Now. Legitimately, yeah. the worst decade of sports for a city ever. I think. Did you see the photo of the kid with the Michigan hat on and the Lions jersey on? 
because yep. the thirty, the twenty to thirty year olds who saw that kid, <laughs> they were eviscerating his ass on Twitter, saying, "You lucky son of a <laughs> bitch! You don't know what it's like here. Take that fucking hat and jersey <laughs> off now." Which is a very Michigan gritty yeah. response. Yeah, which is beautiful. Yeah, Another thing that's great about the Detroit Lions fans, they booed children. What? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Sons of oh, bitches. No. I don't know. Ooh. Kelly Stafford came out and said that the Detroit Lions fans were booing their yeah. four daughters. Oh, no. Whoa. Now, no. a lot of people with a brain immediately go, Kelly, they're booing you. <laughs> they were not booing <laughs> oh, no. the four daughters. But I think that is potentially, Kelly wouldn't say they were booing the daughters if they weren't blatantly going up. To, could you imagine drunk? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> could. That's playoff football. Hey, yep. I mean, I read her Instagram post and I didn't think she was trying to like come off as like, you know, being the victim and stuff. I actually read it. I'm like, okay, that's not that bad. And I actually felt like some Detroit people were being a little dramatic about what she said in her defense, to be completely honest. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Kelly Stafford. Got a chance to meet her. Yes. Badass of a human, obviously. Yeah. Everything she's been through, how cool she is as a human. Obviously, we love Matthew Stafford on this program. Right. And that's probably why his answer, I guess, was, I'm happy for the players. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he probably got a video sent to him or a text from yeah. somebody saying, you should see what these people are doing to your daughters up here. Yeah. They're walking through. They're walking to the suite. There's four four kids. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a full team. Yep. yep. That's a full fucking team. Getting anywhere is a full production, I would assume. I should ask you. That's a lot, right? Ooh. That's a lot. Yeah, I can see how I'd, I'd be pretty upset if people were actively booing my kids uh, directly through their football. faces. So I'm walking with two of them. They're <laughs> hanging on to the other two. One gets let go. You got to go. God, we got to go fucking. Shit. Boom! Get them! Oh, my God. Well, keep in mind also, like, even before when Stafford was on the team, Detroit was 50-50 on him. Like, there was a huge majority oh, of fans why? that did not like bit. Stafford. I obviously why? wasn't one of them, well, but, like, that's also part of it, I'm sure, too. I saw I saw Kelly Stafford and uh, the girls playing on Stafford Field, a place he donated to the city of Detroit. Uh -huh. oh, yeah. stuff, I would assume. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then he jogs onto that field. Fans were awesome. Now, I listen. loved booing him, by the way. I didn't know how I would feel about it. When I saw Detroit boo him, I was like, yes, let's yeah. fucking go. Yeah. yeah it's, an, it's a competitive advantage, obviously, there. Respect and, thing. That's yes. a respect thing between mm -hmm. Stafford. Like, if they were completely indifferent and act like he wasn't there, that would be offensive. Right. Yeah, no response is worse response. But the boos to Matthew Stafford, we respected his playoff football first home one. Loved it. In forever. And those fans were loud. They had to burn two timeouts in the second half and ended up winning the game for us. Well, it's not the loud house, but it certainly was. Uh, great mm. performance for an hour and a half before the game kicked off. Those Detroit fans, very yeah. cool. That was beautiful. Yeah, was awesome. it was. That was that was gorgeous. Now, booing kids. I guess you're just gonna have to decide for yourself. Yeah, yeah. I'm team boo kids. <laughs> Me too. Connor's on boo kids. I'm team Ty's boo kids. on boo kids. Yeah, I mean it's also a little despicable, but I, I love it. <laughs> Tone Diggs on boo kids. Playoffs, yes. Regular season, no. Okay, there is a stipulation for mm -hmm. Tone Diggs on booing yeah. kids. D butt. If you're in the Thunderdome, boo their ass. Fair yeah. game. And kids, by the way, fucking boo them back. Yeah. Don't just stand You're there. You're from Detroit. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine? Oh, Life man. in LA is so much better than some You know how awesome here. a little kid giving a middle finger is? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Okay. So, AJ, you're boo kids? Yeah. I, I think kids have every right to react however they want to. Bingo. Absolutely. Yeah. Everything you heard, dad say at the house, mom say at the house. Yeah. 
Let it fly. Like, You've I mean, been practicing yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and now is the time to go ahead and display it. That's football, baby. That's yeah. sports. You All can't right. get that anywhere else where an entire room here. <laughs> now we're going to be judged by this is the one today, bro. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Play nice. football. Nice. This well, is the one. We got out of the way. I'm about it. I just go through a show. My good show today. Pretty good. Pat McAfee well. show says it's okay to boo kids. And then I open my phone and it's like, not okay show today, I guess. <laughs> or another one. <laughs> to be like that for a long time. I think so. Yeah, I, I would just, yeah. I think maybe we all decide as a unit, as that a team. This is how it is. And we destroy yeah. our phones and we just go strictly oh, flip phone. Yes. I think we. the only way to do that is as a unit. Gump, look at Gumpy. Gumpy couldn't shake his head faster. <laughs> I signed me up. I'm just saying as, as, a, as a happiness level, not as Bingo. a practical level. I want to keep my iPhone. Obviously, I'm addicted to it, okay? Yeah. yeah we all Duh. Okay. I want it. It's However, impossible. Just thinking about opening a crisp razor. Just a, you know, I, there's, there's some joy to that. Some T9 text. Bingo. Oh, Play the snake game. Oh. What? Tetris. Well, that would be a lot more enjoyable than what's been happening. But today, you guys all said you want to boo the shit out of kids. So mm-hmm. we deserve it today. This is us going downrange, moving right in front of the target, <laughs> and saying, take a shot. But also, got the, the Lions got the win. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. So, and so. Kelly Stafford wants the Lions to win the Super Bowl. So and keep that in mind. we are big fans of Kelly Stafford, yeah. her kids, and Matthew Stafford. Bingo. Bingo. So it's a big win all around. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. And they already got a Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. And booing kids, there's worse things. Hmm. Bingo. Let's move along. Ladies and gentlemen, Jay Gruden has responded. Okay. What? In the ongoing X beef between RG3 and Jay Gruden. If you do recall, Jay Gruden originally put out a tweet saying, what Philly's doing is awful for Jalen Hurts. <laughs> mm-hmm. They don't have him prepared. He's sorry if he's ever done that. RG3 responded and said, what? 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 Yes, you've done that. Mm-hmm. Then Jay Gruden responded, obviously, back saying, you weren't prepared, Robert. And then RG3 responded back, you told me you didn't know how to coach quarterback who could throw a run like me, RG3. So it looks like you weren't prepared, Jay, with this photo. Oh. So RG3 gets the final dunk we thought. 11.43 a.m. today, Jay Gruden woke up after saying, I are a punter, yep. mm-hmm. punt returner mm-hmm. to Brian Mitchell. And he said this to RG3. He said, you're right. We didn't have a good enough staff. Sorry. Hope all is well with you. <laughs> oh. Mm. <laughs> oh, Jay Gruden said, oh, you weren't prepared, huh? That must be on you. We have 45 head coaches that are currently in the NFL right now on that staff. And if you do look back to that staff, it's <laughs> insane that they didn't win. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that they're in the situation they're in right now. If you would have hired from within, like some organizations have, you could have done it like 10 different times. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously the building ruined it all. What we would like Jay Gruden Hilarious. and RG3 to do, because this is what we do in the sports world, is put their arms around each other. Hug it out. And hug it out. Yeah, I thought. And celebrate sports. Because that's what we're here to do. Amen. And together, they accomplished some great things together. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. Obviously a phenomenal run over there. Mm-hmm. And we're hoping they put their ex-swords down and they come together and hug each other, AJ. That's what we hope this and how this whole thing ends. Amen. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. Do you well, think I so? I don't know if Brian Mitchell's going to get involved. because Yeah, he... I are a punt returner. He's a fucking... Yeah, yeah Brian murder. Mitchell. Get out of here. That is a murder. Be quiet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be quiet is right. Be quiet. That's, that's tough to come back from. That is. I don't know how Brian Mitchell's going to respond. He's a Hall of Famer over there. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Let's go to some overreactions, shall we? That was the breaking news of the okay. day. Yeah. Okay. Huge. Yeah. Massive news. Is that Jake Gruden responded after yeah, a 12-hour nap? Yeah. That was a next-level response, too. Staff is not good enough. Jeez. 
Shanahan, McVeigh, mm-hmm. who else? LaFleur, Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> Um, I assume Zach Taylor was in there somewhere. I think uh, Slowick. I think um, I think Belichick might have been on the staff at that point. Yeah, Steve, Bill, Bill. and Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, Parcells. Tuna? I don't remember yeah. him. Was I think he? Lombardi stopped think in for a little. For, yep. Vince, not Michael. Of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talking coaching. Yep. Yeah, good staff over there. Good staff. Great. Hey, you want to put together a good staff? Jay Gruden will put together a good staff. He can. Yeah. Come home, Jay. Guy recognizes Come that. home. Come home today, Jay. So you said you saw IR a punt returner? I said, boom. Be quiet. Boom. This guy fucking types with a pen. He doesn't go back and delete shit. Bring, types with a pen. Bring this fucker in the building now. Does he have a blue check mark? He could have edited that for 30 minutes. He said, no fucking flubs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Send it. Yes. Fucking send it. <laughs> no flubs. All right, let's go to some overreactions on this overreaction <laughs> Tuesday as we wrap up another three-hour show. It's time for... Hashtag, I don't want to overreact. But... Sent out the bird call this morning on a Tuesday. I said it's a rarefied day mm-hmm. where we get overreactions on a Tuesday, but it could be epic because there's a lot going on. Eight teams left. Harbaugh and Belichick interviewing. Maybe coaches getting pushed out. Wild time for all teams in the NFL. Ty Schmidt went through a uh, number two overall trend, so thank you all for uh, still participating. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Thank you all for still participating. And found some good ones. Here we go. This is from Guy Incog... Neato, which is a good play on words there. I'm surprised no musician has ever had that in any bar. Hashtag, I don't want to overreact, but the Dallas Cowboys' window is closed. Bill Belichick ain't saving this team with Dak Prescott under center. It's Jerry Jover in Arlington. AJ, do you agree with that? I don't know if I agree or not. I mean, I I really I want to know what Jerry is going to do, but I would not be shocked at all if he does move on and and does bring in Bill Belichick. I would not be shocked. Darius Butler, Jerry Jover or not? No, you still got Dak. You still got Micah. We have faith in Dak. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think the team. Yeah, my bad. The team. Yes, I think the team can absolutely still do it. I'm saying is Mike McCarthy and his staff over? I don't know. You have faith that Dak can win it all? Uh, Oh, yeah. I think their window is still open. I think they're wonderful. Mm-hmm. I thought That's you were about to say Dak Prescott over. Oh, no. That guy's saying Jerry Jover. Jerry Jover. I, I saw on a couple of meme accounts it was two a tongue of a lover. Oh, oh, man. Oh, no. Yeah, it is. For, saw, the, for the season. Did I see a Joe Bover in a Phillies uniform? It was, it was actually <laughs> Philadelphia over last night. It was, uh, what was the other one? Nick Sling Day, uh, Joe Bover. Yeah, Joe Bover's moving on X right now. It's pronounced Baver. <laughs> it no, it's not. Jay Baver. Not anymore. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's Joe Bover. Yeah. yeah. Just Joe. like it's Rydell, the mm-hmm. helmet. Yeah. Bingo. Stick with what we know. We ain't changing. Wait, didn't uh, Dirty kind of dunked on somebody last night? The um, the other helmet was Vices. Yep. Oh, yeah. Is that what? It, Dirty. Dirty. Was it Vices? Yeah, I think it's Vices. Vices? Yeah. And they, they said that that stood for change, right? Yeah, it did. And then you just went on their – why did you pick them to dunk on? Like, that came out of nowhere. I was looking at it. I was like, I opened my phone. I scrolled through. thought I was going to get murdered. And then I see Dirty murdering a helmet company. I'm like, that was awesome. Is this the new Dirty? Are you going to be – is this – I mean, the do-rag, a little bit of JMO and night, you know. <laughs> Anything can happen. There you go. Hearing all this brand new Lions talking just got to my head. Yeah, because the Rams <laughs> had to dunk on somebody. Yeah, it was awesome. He I said, "Well, that. Vices change or stands for change. You're gonna need the Vices the 
material that you make your helmets out of because the photo obviously is the yeah. Vices helmet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. And he just dumped off so, like goddamn dirty. Vices these nuts, basically. Yeah, basically. pretty much. Well, is that right? Yeah, I was gonna say, where's Vices made? <laughs> where they make their helmets? On that All note, the bills we won't exactly dive into what you are alluding to because it's been a long week already. Yeah, yeah. Just started, no. but Higby getting his knee hit. Ooh. Okay, so Ugh, as a tough. DB, as a guy who's watched football change mm-hmm. mightily, and I think Gronk has even come out about this and talked about it ad nauseum, about how I'd rather somebody hit me shoulder or head than mm-hmm. in knee because it's almost being like promoted at this point. Mm-hmm. Now people are going to call old buddy a dirty player and everything like Herbie that. Right. But if he was to hit a little bit higher, it could be a penalty or miss the guy. It's like you're kind of yeah. damned if you do, damned if you don't. How do you feel about the whole Yeah, they'll probably, they'll probably you know change that target area again where you can't hit him knee or lower. But oh. when you're moving that fast and a lot of times, you know, the offensive player, they drop a shoulder and obviously you're trying to keep that money in your pocket. So you're not trying to hit him high and have it even close. Um, but that's tough. And, and part of it is on the offense, too. It's on the quarterback. Where are you putting the ball? What type of you know, balls are you throwing? Uh-huh. You heard Brady obviously talk about, look, it's the responsibility of the quarterback to protect his guys. So as a defender, especially his playoff football, like you're, you're flying around. You're trying to hit guys. You're, and at that point, you're trying to separate him from the football. And a lot of people look at it and say, hey, you know, he's not looking. Why hit him low? Um, I get I get the play from Kirby Joseph, but I hate to see a guy go down like that. Well. Yeah, it sucks that, and it looks nasty. Yeah, mm-hmm. it looks nasty. I, I don't think anybody likes the look of that yeah, play at all. People weren't happy because I believe he also blew out T.J. Hawkinson's knee doing the yeah. same thing a couple weeks ago. So the exact same. <laughs> I mean, exactly. where do you want to? He's you a thumper, hit? though. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, you can describe him as a thumper. Is how it would go. One hundred percent. And that was we needed that play. We needed them not to convert the, the first down there. I mean, that was Blame huge. The league, not him. Play yeah. in the league. Right. Bingo. Yeah. Like, how many? How many pounds does Higby have on him? Forty? Fifty? Yeah, like, where, if he hits him in the middle, does he get hurt? Like, mm-hmm. does he screw Probably. up his shoulder or something? I, like, and he's and, not getting fined either. You know no what I mean? Like yeah. K- KZ, uh, Kareem Jackson, obviously mm-hmm. fine, suspended. Kareem end up really losing his job over, you know, missing those games and somebody coming in and, and replacing him. Uh, so, so it's tough. I understand the position. I understand both positions, but um, I think the competition committee will probably change that going forward. As they should. It looks nasty. Yeah. It's not yeah. good for football whenever it happens. Let's go to another overreaction, shall we? Uh, this is from Boston Connor. This guy I've heard is a real menace. <laughs> Hashtag I don't want to overreact, but... but- these playoff games have stunk. Five out of six games were absolute blowouts. If the Ravens and 49ers walk onto the field with zero rust, we could be looking at two more blowouts next weekend. I don't think anyone has an answer why, but what the hell happened? Now, we happen to have Boston Connor here in studio. What a joy. What a treat on this. Hashtag I don't want to overreact. But segment, first time ever. Uh, I heard a lot of people were giving you answers on to why the game stunk. I don't know if you saw those. I saw a lot of them. They're saying it's a lack of practices is why these teams stink. Well, then why are the other teams so good? Mm. You know, that that would be the question that you have to ask those people immediately. But they're saying it's a lack of good coaching, I think, is what I heard. Lack of good coaching, that's interesting. Uh, I mean, the whole thing throughout the season, though, was how wide open some of these conferences were. Like, aside from the Ravens and Niners, obviously. So that, well, let's just rule out next week and just talking about this weekend. The conversation was, hey, any team can go on and do it. Like, we're looking at a possibility where there's three to four teams in each conference that maybe, if they put it together, can go on a run. But I don't think any of us thought that there were going to be 
45 point, you know, victories. And granted, they didn't win by 45 points, but the, the, Felt Houston, like it. the Houston Texans beat the fuck out of the Browns. Felt like it. Yeah, seriously, it did. And you mentioned about yesterday, and I'm sure Diggs and Nick felt the same way. That game never felt like close, close at, at any point. And then the game. Almost seven points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. But but still, was it in. Did they have the ball with seven points? Five, five out of six. Sounds games. pretty optimistic. Five yeah. out of six mm-hmm. games. Yeah. yeah, we were still in this entire thing. Can understand. You let off saying there's no chance you guys were in the Super Bowl this year, but still, True. like, that. Yes, that the the games themselves just haven't been competitive, and I don't know. I mean, there isn't a fix to it, but this whole talk about expansion, like, no, you can't expand. If, if this is what the playoffs look like now and you want to add two teams, that can't happen. But Only get worse, but it might be just an off year. Who knows? They were blowouts, but in fairness, three of the three dogs won. It wasn't like they were all favorites and blew them up. True. Which we like seeing the dogs go. Yeah, thank yeah. God. Go for the storylines. Especially the young guys. You know, without the playoff experience, mm-hmm. going against good defenses, like seeing the coaches show, like seeing Matt LaFleur show up and have that team ready to play like that in a place that, you know, the Cowboys have blown everybody out and put a bunch of points in that stadium. So that was – and then C.J. Stroud as a rookie just oh. continue with this unbelievable – uh, rookie year. I'm, shit, I know it's some blowouts, but I'm enjoying it. And then it's, these divisional matchups. We got some big great. ones. There's yeah. 10 point spread, nine and a half point spread coming up for the divisional round. So who knows what that means for the actuality of the game? The uh, the pragmatic C mm-hmm. yep. pragmatism yeah. of the games. Mm-hmm. But looking ahead, they're expecting a couple more blowouts. We shall see. It's been fun, but it's one game at a time. So once the game gets kind of mm-hmm. you know out of hand, it's hard to just remain. Mm-hmm. Fully focused, and then once you start paying attention to other stuff and doing other stuff and not really paying attention to the game, you think there's a oh, there's only a certain amount of games left. There's only four games this weekend. Yeah. And then that next weekend, guess what? How many? There's two. Mm-hmm. Utah. And then there's Pro Bowl games. Ty. <laughs> your face. Yeah. <laughs> or, not this year. Ty's face couldn't the eyes could not have rolled bigger and further in his head with a disgusted look whenever I brought up the Pro Bowl games being awesome. We got flag football happening. Absolutely. We got other fun games going on. Yeah, long drive, Mm -hmm. uh, dodgeball, all the happy bullshit that they do every year. I'm going to take this year off from the Pro Bowl games. No! I know it's on ESPN. (laughs) What? sorry. I know it's a big deal. I know Peyton and Eli are there, and they're bringing a couple snubs with them who should be there. Whoa. Uh, I'm going to take the Pro Bowl off. No, I'm not, though. We need to. We need to have. We're going to be talking, talking about again? the yeah. Pro Bowl. Yeah, you Are you call, calling, you calling it, it again? No, no, no. Sign up to. to you don't know. Back. You never know. You might be. <laughs> no, I am not. No, that, that was certainly. Is uh, Herbie? I don't. I don't know. I no, don't know Kirk, Kirk's, Kirk's on. Yeah, Kirk, what the fuck? Kirk's is on his third about? island. Yeah, come on. Him and D are going nuts right now on a beach somewhere. And Ben. And ben. ben. Of course. I, I got a Facetime for Kirk from Kirk. He's holding the phone. It is the shadow. His phone is the shadow of the sun on his face. Okay. He's incredible. He's in incredible shape right now. So I see the top of his shirtless, obviously. Of course. And then as he moves a little bit, you're seeing like D laid out in yep. some green bathing suit <gasps> behind him. And Kirk's like, heard it got loud today, huh, Bob? Just checking in. I'm like, all right, Kirk. <laughs> Just fucking, you don't have to. Yeah, sack of subs. He's a good guy, dude. Yep. He, he's earned it. That guy's Thursday, Saturday, Saturday Ooh. night run. Mm-hmm. With all the interviews that have to happen beforehand for the college game and the NFL game, everything that is slotted into those Zoom calls, and there's meetings just for meetings in that thing. So he, he should breathe a little bit. Yeah. you got to research and prepare for the, the guys' college, those rosters. 
in it. Do you ever see his board? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. The board, have you seen? I think that's like the beautiful depiction of that guy's work ethic because he'll never use it either. Yeah. Like he'll never, he doesn't even look at it, I don't think, whenever they're calling games. It just, he feels like he has to do it still at this stage. 28 years in. Long time. Way to go, Herbie. Hey, baby, Herbie. Going, Herbie. Call the Pro Bowl games, Herbie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's six months on, six months off. That six months is smart. Yeah. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. I'm pumped for those Pro Bowl games. Me too. Thank you. I'm happy to see the boys gonna, do cool stuff. Are they doing the dunk contest? I'm not going to watch either, but the highlights should be good. Tone. <laughs> I'll watch it. The highlights are fun. How about the catch trampoline? Yeah, we're doing Derek the dunk Carr, contest. We'll never forget what Derek Carr did last year. Absolutely never forget he went that. went off. Remember? Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, who's he going to sign with now that he did this? Yeah, oh, yeah, I do remember yeah, that. Yeah. Everything mm -hmm. was in an absolute bucket. Derek Carr was in a, in the Pro Bowl last year? Sure yeah, was. in Vegas. So it was like a send-off that he never really got in the building. Mm -hmm. It was oh. beautiful. Oh, yeah. And then there it's was geared the, towards kids. Huh? I think it's geared towards young children. Oh, yeah, because they did that water balloon toss. That was fun. Well, that kids was fun. like it. Kids love seeing all Oh, they're playing, you know, dodgeball. Like kids... Kids get juice for that stuff. I get juice. Yes, yeah. so I'm gonna watch. If, it. Me too. For a kid, I mean, bring in the Fortnite. Then what are we doing? I want to see these guys play Fortnite against each other. I think they did. I think that was. I think they played Madden. Oh, did they? And then they did the golf thing, right? Yep. Do yeah, the gladiator. Set up the gladiator deal with the tennis ball shooter. The the you know that whole deal. We got to run and yeah. dodge the tennis ball. That should be how, who wins. Yeah. You know? That'd be so sweet. That'd be so fun to be the person running through it, and also I'd like to be the tennis ball shooter. We could set it up in here. Very easily. Oh, Very yeah, easily. Yeah. Where do you get one of those? You got to have someone craft one of those nice guns yeah. for you. We got the guy. Yeah. Holy oh shit. Oh, my God, yeah. We got the guy. This is just hitting me right now. We have tried to do this numerous times in our show's existence, uh, trying to get that thing, the tennis ball, uh, 50 cal yep. revolt. Like that. That's where we put it. Yep. We put it right up there. Oh, yes. And then, look, there's even a tunnel that you have to get to. Mm -hmm. And then we have the yeah. guy that built the marquee yep. who builds everything. Oh, you start, you start down here. I thought you were talking about the guy that launched himself into orbit in the desert. R.I.P. Oh, Mad Mike? Yeah. He's dead. He can't make it. <laughs> Rest in peace, Mad Mike. Are we sure he died, though? Are we certain. sure that the impact killed him? We are certain. Yeah. No, yeah. no human bodies here in survive. Yeah, that but thing it. went up and then turned. And then with the force it was supposed to get to space with, oh. went into Earth. Yeah. Legends never die, though. But he did what he he died doing what he loved. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. Miss right. you, Big Mike. But I'm not talking about Mad Mike. Mad Mike. Big Mike is McCarthy for the Dallas Cowboys currently. I'm talking about the guy that built that marquee who can build everything. Oh, yeah, he could. Yeah. He's a weapon. He is a fucking weapon. We found this country dude out here who is just builds everything. What do you need? How much time? Seven hours. Done. Need a full field goal post. Uprights and everything, and hauled. How many hours? Seven. Got it. What color you want it? Oh, you're going to paint it too? Okay, sweet. Fully constructed in a matter of mm -hmm. five hours. Sitting on a bench the next morning. He was supposed to get there at 6 a.m. Sitting there at 5.30 a.m. with that thing. Got any more brain busters, bro? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we do. We need the fucking American Gladiator gun. Now. I can't believe we got this thing. It's perfect. It's going to happen. Yeah. He's ten toes on the ground. All the time. Mm-hmm. They don't make them like that anymore. No, they don't. <sighs> Anywhere. Any ideas we have for anything that ever needs to be built, we need to get this guy to build it. I don't know how old he is. Looks like he's going to live forever, obviously. Mm -hmm. But we need to take advantage of this guy. Yeah. Wears really cool boots. Yep. He had Boston Connor looking like guy hanging the thing. Yeah, yeah, my cousin. He's got a team. Gave him a job. Okay, we got that, AJ. Are you coming out for it? 
I would love to. I'd, yeah, in all parts of it. You can you get that situation. That, that would hurt. If that thing. Now, I'm not wearing a singlet, but <laughs> Pat can wear his that he wore underneath at WrestleMania. Thank you, me and the Undertaker. I mean, the Gladiators your, always wore singlet. Cut your balls in half. And the competitors did, too. Yeah, you have to wear a singlet. They yeah. used to, yes. Especially if you're going to try to be Malibu like you're always talking about. Yeah. yeah. Man, Malibu was jacked with some is. unbelievable hair. You can wear is. the wig. Still is. Feathered, like that sweet feathered blonde mm-hmm. long hair. Everything I learned about that show, I don't think they were happy. No. no well, well they, they were happy at some point. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. At the beginning. They went on tour. What'd you say? They made us happy. They did. They did. That was a great show. It Phenomenal. Was Didn't they try to bring it back? They did. They yeah. did bring it back. Hulk Hogan. Yep. The whole Hulk Hogan. Crew. Well, I think the rules with the modern world don't allow just like full body just to kill each other every day. Like, didn't, didn't Hulk the, just the Powerball or Speedball cool, like, was unbelievable. Dude, the, the garbage can dunk? Is that what you're talking yep. about? Mm-hmm. Yep. The yeah, football. that was absurd. They they really fucked some unathletic people up. <laughs> yes, yeah. they did. Now they were looking yeah. back yeah. Average Joe. Yeah. There were some dogs on the average Joe. I agree. I agree completely. And there were some American gladiators that weren't as swift of foot, but yeah, they were definitely good. better in the mm-hmm. sky and everything like that. But that original American gladiators run. The best. They would be pissed if somebody, like, did it. Pissed. Oh, they were pissed. Getting knocked off the joust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the injuries. How about that? You remember the ring? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. There were some real battles yeah. in the sky. And you'd hang Someone would be hanging. They'd be holding the rings with a gladiator hanging off their body, too, like just ripping <laughs> your shoulders apart. Yeah. And if you <laughs> lost the swing, oh. Yeah, you're done. You are done. Getting, you're trying to get it back as the gladiator is. Yeah. I mean, you, it was. And you're going down. How about the, force. the wall climb? You have the wall climb with a gladiator with like a four second oh, yeah. delay chasing you. Yeah. Yeah, and they were fucking Alec uh, Honnold, 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 too. Yeah. Some of them were able to. Could you imagine Honnold in the singlet suit? Oh. The American gladiators. Haunting you down. He's on your tail. Oh. oh, buddy. You have to kick him in the face. All right. Yeah. $10 million. You get to the top of this <laughs> yeah. thing before this guy who has scaled it. I think there's a real opportunity. Yeah. I think so. I think it's real opportunity. Mm-hmm. I watched that Tom Cruise bike jump again. Yep. It, it made its way into my algorithm. Unreal. So they just had, how many motorcycles do you think they had for him just to fucking throw off a cliff? Hundreds. I think it was one take, right? No, six. Yeah. He did it six times because after the first one, they were like, we got it. You did it. I think I could hang on to the motorcycle yeah, I a little bit longer. I need to dump another fucking Harley out here. Mm-hmm. And then he does it again. That's TC, baby. Speaking of which. Top Gun 3 in development. Oh. In development. And Glenn and Miles, yeah. right? All oh, yep. the boys, the boys are, are back. back. Boys are back in town. Woo. Boys are back in town. Da, 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 da. Is that what Miles Teller was so athletic for whenever we saw him dancing with his feet? Because he's getting been. back in the fucking footloose too. Wartime? He's born with that. Hey, he played the drums in that. Yeah. In Whiplash, yeah. yeah. In mm-hmm. Whiplash. Yeah. Did you know that, AJ? Yeah. There were some doubters in the room. I had to text the source, and he sent me a explanation yep. and also you know, proof mm-hmm. proven he's a, he's a professional you know those guys they come he came day one ready to play yeah i think he was even doing uh the oh, cool yeah. twirl yeah the cool drum you see it. yeah i've never seen it but i heard it's awesome it's incredible great let's go to another yeah. it's available on netflix whoa whoa i don't know if you're gonna watch it all i mean it, it can get slow at times i don't know if you're gonna you're gonna get past the first five or ten. Oh, yeah. what's it called whiplash it's really good. The main guy is a huge yeah. Oh, yeah. dick to him. The guy won an award. Didn't the guy win the Academy Award? Yes. Simmons. He yep. won the Oscar. Yeah. yeah. So who's the demo for this movie? People you. love good movies. Really? Yeah. It's like that? I mean, it was up it's for a, all the awards. It's a great movie. 
Okay, I'll watch I, it. I enjoyed it. It's like an hour and a half, too. Nice and Ooh. tight. Does he do any dancing in her? No, a lot, lot of big time drum playing though. How it, old was he when he did this? Probably it, it came out what like I think six years ago. I can't wait to watch it. Five, you're six gonna years ago. you're gonna love the teacher, love the teacher. That's who's gonna carry it for you. All right, Whiplash, mm-hmm. Miles Teller, mm-hmm. yeah, and that'll just set me up for Top Gun three. Bingo, yeah, bingo. Well, one of them's gonna have to pass, right? Isn't that how that goes? Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately, probably. So then it's TC, yeah. and then the boys carry it? Yeah, it's TC's uh, time. I don't know if TC, you want to do that. TC ain't I fucking don't know dying. Nobody do has to die. I don't know if Nobody's you want to do it's that. It's TC's time. TC ain't fucking dying. This I, is, this I just wanted to get to a time of me saying that TC's dying to tie. That is all that whole thing was for there. Just yeah. He might. Actually, never know. He might. It'd be a real tearjerker if they yeah, did. Yeah, they just do yeah, MI he, what? He also might not, because they're going to make Mission Impossible movies until he's wearing Depends. DC ain't so you can't tight. kill him in Top Gun because <laughs> Mission Impossible? Gun. Yeah, because guess whose franchise Top Gun is as well? Oh, that would be TC. <laughs> okay, but I'm just saying these are the same it's a movie. It's a he's, movie. The, he's the fucking guy. He's the producer. He's the top line producer. You think he's, oh, yeah, go ahead. We'll kill me in this one, and then we can make another one that I'm not. If it furthers the story, TC maybe. TC don't fucking operate that way. <laughs> Period. He doesn't. With all due respect to my tie and... Glenn. Glenn Powell. One of you guys has got to go, and he can pick straws if you want, <laughs> but guess what? Tom ain't going to be fucking picking straws. Who do you think's putting all those asses in seats? I understand, but you just saying he can't die in Top Gun because we've got Mission Impossible. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, guess what? They, they thought about ending Mission Impossible a long time ago and maybe killing off Ethan Hunt, and Tom said... Yeah, eat my nutsack. That ain't happening. We will make these as long as I want to make them. And same with Top Gun. When TC decides Top Gun's done, Top Gun's done. But he ain't going to be dying in any of those. (laughs) And he just signed, I think, three more movies? Yeah, he just signed a massive deal with Warner Brothers. Massive. Really? Yeah, to create, produce his own movies. It was awesome. I saw it come across the wire, and I was like... How Tom Cruise, businessman too. He's fucking oh, yeah. phenomenal. He like, owns all these movies. Yeah, he, sa- he saved the movie industry. Like that's not a joke. Like during COVID, like movies were save going movie. to die, and TC was like, eh, "I think I'll save the industry," and he did. <laughs> fucking Spielberg told him, "Like, hey, you fucking you saved," you and he was like, "Yeah, Steve, I know. Fucking piss off, okay?" Steve, <laughs> he's sixty-one, AJ. But guess how old he's going to be next year? Forty-two. Bingo. Somehow, maybe even in his thirties. Guy's fucking phenomenal. We gotta get him on. We gotta get him on the program someday. I don't know if that's how that works. Uh, He's got too much to do. Press junket is the only way. So we'll have to go into a little room. Us, by the way, get three us, minutes. Get three minutes with mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Us crowded into a room. I'll do it. Well, me too. Uh, yeah. We'd have to have two rows. <laughs> so yep. many questions. Just so rapid awesome. fire. All right, Tom. I was told by one of your biggest fans that you can't die in one series because it would kill the other series as well. Is that accurate? Who's that? And then you would go. Yeah. Tom, let me tell you. TC, Ethan Hunt can't die, so fucking Pete Maverick Mitchell can't die. My memory's not great. Has Tom ever died in a movie? Well, live, die, repeat is just him dying a bunch, but guess what? He always comes back and saves the day. So is the Alien movie. Edge of Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. That also happens. That's the same movie. They actually rebranded it. Um, but oh. he died in Rain Man. This guy's no, sick. he didn't die in Rain Man. Did he, he die in Collateral? Out. Yes, he does die in Collateral. Okay, there we go. Do you know much about Tom Cruise? I don't know yeah. shit about him. I don't know all these movies, but yeah. Oh, you should watch Collateral. Collateral. Watch it. Magnolia. 
Eh, I don't know if that one's up your alley. It's a little Tom's. Weird. Yeah, I think you'd like Tom's character in that one. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow. You talking to me? It's an alien movie. Yes, his character is unlike any unlike any character <laughs> Tom has ever had. With Emily Blunt. Got long hair with a top knot. Uh, listen, we all understand this. I'm not going to do that. No. Okay? Doesn't he die in Vanilla Sky, too? What about Last Samurai? Oh, I think he does, yeah. Last Samurai, it's he a good does. Movie. Okay, so, he does. so Tom Cruise has been well. dead before on camera, is what I just learned. For sure. But never again. Mm. Uh, definitely not in movies when he's fucking running the show and producing them. Absolutely not. That's a smart. Make yeah. himself the biggest baby face in there. Exactly. Until he... Actually dies. I think that'll be. In well, a that's movie. never. Yeah, that'll be while he's filming a movie. Yes, he's going to space to film a movie like in the next couple years. So you know, hopefully that rocket is set and ready to go. I don't so. think he's got Matt Mike making it. I think he's no, be for sure. Okay, but Elon probably on the task listen, there. I love yeah. TC. Respect him, but he ain't a fucking astronaut. So you know, you <laughs> yet. Say, what are you talking about? Not yet. Yeah, yeah. No, it changed. All the astronauts start as fighter pilots. That's a great point. They yeah, changed. he wasn't a fighter pilot. He wasn't a what? A hang off a helicopter or a guy. That's a great point. Yeah, he wasn't a professional motocross guy. Mm -hmm. He wasn't the best movie agent of all time. Yeah, he was. That was Show Me the Money? No, that was Tropic Thunder. All right. Let's get to another overreaction. We don't need to talk about that movie. Not this week. Certainly not today. Just watched it. <laughs> Tyler Frank at T Frank J. Hashtag, I don't want to overreact, but Motor City, Dan Campbell for president. If he can turn around the dumpster fire that was the Detroit Lions organization, imagine what he can do for the red, white, and the blue. Didn't even think about Dan Campbell being up. a president. A lot of the old clips of Dan Campbell at the beginning of his regime for the Detroit Football Lions are starting to resurface, and everybody's like, hey, everything Dan said, is kind of coming to fruition here. Every speech he gave about, there was this one training camp speech where he was talking about the guys we have to hit today. We have to hit today, okay? And he said, all I do is think about you guys, man. And if I knew that we could get to the place that we need to get to without hitting, I would never put pads on you, man. But it's just the type of team, like everything he says in there is like you feel the raw passion, mm -hmm. you feel the vision that he has, and it's worked. Incredible leadership, I think, has been on display by MCDC since day one, AJ Hawk. What's the what's the weird cliche thing? That's not weird, but what, they don't they don't care about what you know until they know how much you care. Is that mm, right? that is something that is like speech, that? Yeah, yeah they, he cares. You can tell he cares. And any any player in any level, I think, even if they dislike the coach, if they know the coach cares and is trying to make them better, I think they can respect it and will play hard. I heard Mike Tarico the other night say Motor City Dan. Whenever he was breaking it down, I was like, shout Ooh. out Tarico, MCDC yeah. drop would be fantastic. But I think everybody loves Dan Campbell that plays for him. I think it's pretty evident. Deep Absolutely, and the team it, they built it in his identity. Even Brad Holmes, you know him and him, him and uh, hey. Dan been on the same page. Mm -hmm. Brad and Brad obviously was juiced up. Remember he came from the Rams too, so that that was yeah. a huge, huge win for him. But. Hell yeah, MCDC will have my vote. Yeah. Well, we're not getting into it. No. Yeah. Thanks for picking that one, Ty. Jesus Christ. Just throwing us right. Foxy probably wouldn't vote for him. You know why? Because Foxy has an ulterior motive. That's to keep him as the Detroit Lions head True. coach for as long as possible. That guy said the red, the white, and the blue. Yeah. Foxy was thinking the Lions, the Pistons, yep. and the Tigers Boom. is potentially where MCDC needs to be forever. Yeah, actually, you bring up a good point because I was just going to say that he has my vote. But no, we got to keep him in Detroit as long as possible. We got to give him lifetime contract, and we got to build the statue Keep MCDC for as long as possible. Yeah, I think while you were sprinting through your backyard the other night, you said build Jared Goff a statue yeah. and build MCDC a statue. Yeah. Now, I don't know how big these statues are and how many are coming, but mm -hmm. what those two have seemingly done for an entire city, if everybody feels the way you do, which I think 
Most do. Right. Why not put the fucking sure. statue on? Yeah, not? and I just think about what the Browns did to Baker Mayfield, and now Baker Mayfield has two playoff wins. The Browns only have one playoff win. That's the football gods. You just cannot do that. Detroit cannot do that. So we got to treat them right. No golf statue, okay? Build a 25-foot MCDC statue <laughs> in the center <laughs> of the city, like essentially how the Indianapolis, Indiana Circle Center is set up where they built like a 50, maybe, yeah, probably a 50-foot center of the city kind of mm-hmm. monument. War Memorial. You do that just with MCDC. Don't do, the, don't do the whole quarterback and coach thing. This is an MCDC thing, okay? Just him. The last time they built a statue of a coach and a player – it was Philadelphia, oh, and they yeah. blew that fucker up a year later. Oh, yeah, because then the statues start arguing. Bingo. Yeah. And then... Because these things talk to each other. Are they going to build These a, things like the gossip. Yep. Are they going to build a Bill and Tom statue? Uh, no. No, no. Who do you Why? pick then? What are you talking I mean, about? They should. No, they they'll, they'll retire them both. They'll put a banner up for both, but it's a, it's a team. I mean, they deserve a statue. T-E-A-M. Yeah. I agree with you, but I just don't think they'll do that. Those are statue guys, 100%. They will both have a statue. Yeah, I'm voting yep. that Bill and Tom have a statue in New England. Mm-hmm. That's where I, you're voting? Yep. You asked me if I... You're voting? Yep. You're voting? <laughs> yeah. AJ? Yes. Okay, back room. Every human Evan? Yes, definitely. Gumpsh? Nick? Dirty? <laughs> Bruce? Bud? Okay, everybody's saying yes. They're going to end up with a statue. Let's get a New England Patriot fan. Bill and Tom getting a statue in New England. I think they deserve it. I just don't know when or if they'll do it. Don't know if we have time. Yeah, also. When we got a team to win. I I agree. I I love the past, but we're in draw, man. Also, which version of Tom are you going to use for the statue? Uh, I think the one where he's called Gerard Mayo, Gerard Belichick. Yeah, that's probably the one. Yeah, long hair. I'm thinking 2007. Yeah, long hair, big old butt chin next to Bill. Laughing about how Philly's full of shit. It's probably the one. Yeah, that's uh, another video that has surfaced <laughs> since the Philadelphia Eagles. Fire Sirianni and bring in Bill Belichick thing. Is that, did you see this video, AJ? I did not. Bill Belichick on the sideline in Philadelphia to Tom Brady says, the only thing I'll cheer for in Philadelphia is the national anthem. And then just, <laughs> Yeah, that's the clip. <laughs> that's the clip. It's like, oh, this guy hates Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Seemingly what the clip is saying because everybody's calling for him to be their coach. Feels like Atlanta is the... And they've been talking about it for like a week and a half. Yeah. Feels yeah. like they've been talking about you must it. Must like Arthur Blank in the front office, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I guess, but like Hey, young talent. Yeah. Harry Douglas told us that. Mm-hmm. It's going to Dallas. Loves the whole thing. Here's Bill and Tom Brady on the sideline in Philadelphia chit-chatting about their love for the city. And one thing I can cheer for in Philadelphia is the national anthem. Yeah. 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 Tom Brady. Yeah, full of shit. All right, let's go to another reaction, and we'll get the hell out of here. This is from Tom's Petty. Yes, he is. At Tommy Hornbuckle, who appears to be a stand-up comedian. Hashtag, I don't want to react, but this is the best chance for the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl during Josh Allen's time. Run game is finally intact. Josh is dialed in, and the defense makes every quarterback uncomfortable. Bring on the Chiefs to the home of the Mafia. I think we could want Bills yeah. there at the end. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, don't expect much from Tony, what have you been Why talking not? about the Buffalo fans the way you've Tony. been talking about the Buffalo Tony. fans? What are you saying? Listen, they started it, so I just had to, you know, turn back. Yeah, but a lot of Buffalo fans have been telling me, hey, this guy with the cowboy hat has been saying a lot about us. Why have you been saying a lot about the – All I said was that they didn't handle the snow properly and the governor made the wrong decision, and they took that personally. So I took that personally. Yeah, he's not, but Tony's not wrong. 
Jeez. About that? You can't you can't offer a hundred people twenty bucks an hour. That was what what are we doing? That was terrible. Okay. We all agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the Buffalonians and the Inzer showed up and said, Don't mind if I do. Yeah. Bingo. To ownership and to the governor and said, We'll just move this right over here in the good little piles. So that whenever we need to throw these things, it's good. I wonder what the final number was, the final tally of people in there, because there were still full rows. It looked, yeah, yeah, that we, that we, you know, were kind of covered, but there was a lot of people that got in. Mm-hmm. Pretty full, up yeah, at least fifty, maybe fifty grand. Hey, what do you think about this being their best bet? You know, because let James Cook rolling, mm-hmm. Josh Allen rolling. Obviously, weapons are coming intact. Joe Brady's calling great games. He said, "What did Mitch Moore say?" There's four or five former. Offensive coordinators on the staff. It's like I did not realize that. That obviously helps you to assume in the you know. Talking to what honestly speaking with Mitch Morse made me more, I guess, optimistic about the Bills. I know that they have some injuries. That's that's the main thing that worries me. But listening to him talk and how he talks about his teammates, I'm dead serious. Like it makes me a bigger fan and makes me think, all right, these guys might be able to do this. Yeah, they seem to be locked in, dialed in, even though they got Pretty good idea. Everything that's going on over here. Mm. Don't worry about it. Hey, okay, Mitch. <laughs> Easy. I've been wearing sleeves for a while. Let's remember that. Okay. Allegedly 70,040 people. Phenomenal. Again. Phenomenal mm-hmm. work. Legit. Yeah. Where I want to sit in those seats with the heaters above it. You know, the whole section that has all the heaters shooting down on you? That's what, what I want. Yeah, that, I mean, that would be where I would want to go. And you remember when Fitzpatrick was out there with the shirt off years ago mm-hmm. with all the fans? Yeah. How about the Steelers fans? Um, they're calling it a Yin Spearsy. Love that. The show. It is. Steelers fans paid a shit ton of money to sit behind the Steelers bench, and it was like not possible, <laughs> I guess, because of the snow <laughs> that was just kind of piled up. See, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. That's playoff football. Yeah, I like little gamesmanship from Mother exactly. Nature mm-hmm. and the Buffalo Bills. I would expect the Steelers to do the same if it was reversed. So what did they do? They took the snow and passed it back and threw it out of the stadium? Where the fuck did it all go? I, I, I did wow. see people doing that up towards the top, at least, that they were actually shoveling and just, hey, throw this over the Because <laughs> I'm like, where is it all? You're supposed to put the big slide. We saw the one dude riding it down, right? I don't know. I didn't see it. That's the only video I saw of any of that. But I know in Green Bay when they do it, they bring those big old plastic-like slides and they throw it all. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got it down to a science there. Yeah, it was, I mean, yeah. not this really. Guy, they got to have a bunch of those. Yeah, but did you see those 90 minutes before the game? I didn't see any of those no. 90 no. minutes before the game. I didn't see any. That's the, only, this is the only time I've ever seen any of these things that were out there. So, like, 90 minutes before the game, whenever those seats were completely covered. Wow. Like, where did all the snow go? I have no idea. <laughs> and then they, they showed, Could you know, be. like a, a sky view and, like, of how many people were in there. It's like... Where, where is all this <laughs> How snow? did they do it? <laughs> we just saw it 40 minutes ago. There was a shitload of snow everywhere. I was so impressed. I, I was like, they got to truck it away. They got to put it in trucks. I know, like in Green Bay, when they plow they the, trucking the away. Uh, pregame. But how do they truck they? it away 90 minutes before the game? That, this was yeah, 90 minutes. Where did all the fucking snow go? They could have wow. just been sitting on it. We didn't see it if they were all yeah, tight and cold. Probably. So yeah. packed, everybody yeah. just packed it down. Everybody's standing like seven, eight inches <laughs> taller. They were probably. standing for most of the game. I mean, all of them. Yeah. So maybe. That is actually, it didn't go anywhere. It was just there and they just stood instead. <laughs> so as soon as they got there, it just, all right. Yep. That's yours. You do this. And they're standing above where the seats would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just standing up there completely. Way to pull it off. I'm proud of them. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. It wasn't really open seating. But I saw uh, that. I saw it. Feels that feels like it. X. it was like, yeah, sit wherever you want. It feels sort like of. if you get into a section. Yeah. Uh, like there's no way they're like, I'd be pissed. What's that? If I got a 50 yard line, first row and. You get there in this 
the whole family. Yeah, actually, uh, these are. Uh, sorry, got here, and also you got to plow your seats uh, wherever you can find. Well, there's only two over there, and there's like three here. We're a family of four. Okay, cool. So three here, one there. Yeah, is that going two and two, or how are you going to split it then? All right, let's get the hell out of here. Jay Gruden has responded to uh, Brian Mitchell uh-huh. a couple times. Okay. Jay Gruden's got time. It's what we're learning. We'll yeah. cover it tomorrow because I, I think it's going to continue. Yeah, it's going to be a thing. Let's get the full story. I think it's going to continue. Yeah. And remember, Jay Gruden, his words, not ours. I are a punt returner. That's right. Uh-huh. Bingo. Be quiet. <laughs> That's how we'll end today. Thank you all so much for allowing us to do this for a living. We're incredibly lucky to do so. We'll be back tomorrow. We hope you'll join us. Be a friend, tell a friend something nice that might change your life. Hey, we're in this thing together. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Let's never forget it. You're allowed to think like that too. Goodbye. <laughs>